closing time Open all the doors and let you out into the world Closing time Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl All right, everybody, welcome to episode number 108 of the Springsteen Song of the Week podcast. My name is Alex here in Minneapolis. As always, we've got Seth in Denver. And this week we have a very, very, very special guest. Uh, he is uh, an author, been reviewed in the New York Times. He's a writer for lots of different places, a college professor at Sarah Lawrence College. And, oh yeah, he's sold millions of records with the rock band Semisonic. It's uh, Jake Slichter. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Um, so, um, I've been a Semisonic fan for a long time. And uh, so I want I wanted to talk about some Semisonic and your book, which is incredible. So you want to be a rock and roll star. And then uh, oh. we'll get into some, some Bruce, if, if we have time. Talk, okay. talk some Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> um, so I just saw both shows of your guys' at, uh, at First Avenue. Oh, wow. Both. Great. Um, which, which were incredible. It was great to see that album played live. And, uh, you know, I saw one of the Great Divide shows um, earlier at the Turf Club. Um, Simi Sonic's been doing these shows in Minneapolis where uh, they've been playing each of the albums in full. I'm not sure the third one yet. I'm, I'm, I, I would love that. We're, we're, that's in the works, but we've been doing these roughly um, on the, I think we did the Great Divide show 21 years after it was out and the and the feeling strangely fine show 19 years out so right. that's sort of averaging out to 20 okay so yeah so 20 20 we get within so maybe a few years distance of 20 years for uh, all about chemistry we'll probably do that i think oh, you should stick awesome. with odd number anniversaries <laughs> right. right um yeah so uh so what was it like to to play play all those songs again because a lot of those songs aren't normally played in semi-sonic shows yeah i mean um when you're uh you know a lot of those songs are ones we might have played even only once or twice right um so it was kind of fun to actually learn them and figure out how to play them and sort of bring them to life and it was also fun just to um it's weird, you know, just learning all of those songs again really does actually take you back to the time when you recorded the record. It's just kind of inescapable because it's, you know, there's just so many associations you have. So um, it was fun to to remember all of that and, um, and uh, you know, I think all of us just came away from it all feeling very lucky. Uh, and grateful for um, for the fact that we have you know fans who still come to the shows and uh, for uh, the fact that they seem connected to the music still. Right. Yeah, I love. Uh, there's just a huge community in Minneapolis around Semisonic. You know, like the the mm -hmm. hometown boys that made it. You know, and uh, <laughs> you know, still, you know, it's you know, it's been 20 years since uh, closing time and feeling strangely fine, but. You know, um, everyone's just so stoked. It was, it was great. And that's one of the things I love about Minneapolis is that there's there's that scene. There's, you know, there's bands like Semisonic or, you know, like you got the replacements, the Hold Steady, stuff like that, where, like, 
Minneapolis can really take pride in, in bands like, like all those, you know? Um, so it's just really awesome that you guys came back into those shows. Um, you know, I, I, when I moved to Minneapolis, I kind of moved there after the sort of first sort of golden age of Minneapolis rock, uh, or it's probably not the first, but the, the first one that I sort of think of, which is the eighties. I mean, Minneapolis is at a scene for, you know, long before then, but I always think of sort of the eighties with Prince and, um, replacements and who's could and all of those bands and by the time i got to minneapolis it was 1990 and so in a certain sense i i missed out on that first uh you know that earlier wave of uh minneapolis sound stuff mm-hmm. but um i f- i definitely felt lucky to be there when i was because there were some amazing uh bands from minneapolis and there still are yeah, totally. It, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I always uh, count my lucky stars that, uh, you know, in a city where music is such a big part of it. Um, so Feeling feeling Strangely Fine is the, uh, for those that don't know, um, the album with uh, Closing Time. And uh, you guys just played that in full a couple nights at first half. So what, what um, did it take a long time to relearn those songs that you hadn't played? You know? Or do they just come uh, yeah, back to I mean, you know, we all, so we live in three different cities now. Right. Um, so the way we learned them is we all, we all learned them on our own. Mm. And then we came back together and we had like, you know, half a week to figure out how to do it together. <laughs> right. So um, we each took our time. You know, drums is probably the easiest thing to... Um, it's it's I, I certainly had the easiest task ahead of me just to remember all the drum parts um the bass parts and the guitar and the keyboard parts are something else mm-hmm. um but i would say um i mean sometimes we laughed at the you know and we got together and laughed at how hard we had made some of the parts originally and, and we were <laughs> committed to replaying it, you know, exactly as, as it was on the record. So we kind of, uh, we were laughing at our younger selves for, uh, <laughs> cutting out our work, uh, for these reunion shows, um, or for these tribute shows. Yeah. This will um, be easy to recreate live. <laughs> yeah. And we had the help of two, um, musicians who often play with us, Ken Chastain, and Andy Thompson, who mm-hmm. are both sort of just amazing musicians who um, they just know how to lay their hands on the instruments and and make music come out of them. And um, they were there to help us with a lot of the sort of things that are hard to reproduce live, uh, but that we felt were important because they were such a part of the records. Right. What uh um, what what goes into like um how does a like a making a reunion like I think of like you know movies with like the getting the band back together montage or something but like, <laughs> you know. like the, the Mighty Ducks they're yeah, skating yeah, around right, the Twin yeah, Cities <laughs> right so like what how does how does it happen or how did it happen for you guys um well I mean I know, mean I know this case, isn't your first reunion. But like, yeah, and in a sense, reunion is maybe not the right word. Well, it's 
It's, um, it's, it is, it can be the right word, but it can suggest something that isn't the case, which is we never broke up. Right, okay. Uh, we, ju- we just kind of stopped touring, stopped. and, you know, now we've been, we've been getting together and recording once in a while. At some point, we'll probably come out with, um, you know, some kind of release that has, um, I don't know how many songs on it, but... I love you know. the new songs you played. Well, those were great. You. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So we're, we're hoping that those will, you know, uh, get out um, to, the, to a wider uh, public at some point. Um, so, but when we get together, we are sort of just picking back up. We're not sort of... Uh, there's none of the burden of like, well, are we really going to do this? You know, oh, yeah. you know, those kinds of things. You know, for, for one, one great thing about Semisonic is that we, we really stayed great friends throughout. And, um, so there's no like weird grudge grudges right. that are floating around, which is yeah. often the case with bands because it's such an intense form of collaboration. Um, but we don't, uh, we don't have to negotiate those kinds of things. So, um, getting back together is is much more just about making music and uh, trying to make it work in the best, in the most musical way possible. Um, uh, but we really have fun and you know a lot of laughs, um, and um, and then we get super nervous before the shows. And then the shows are a blast. And we, I mean, I, for one, just feel, I feel sort of giddy and relieved after it's all done. Right. Nice. Um, yeah, one of the things I loved is, uh, you know, one of the things I love about you guys is, you know, you know like, like when I went to see Dan Solo at the Cedar, um, uh-huh. you guys, you guys were both there after that, you know, it's like the whole, like, like you won't see Noel Gallagher at one of Liam's gigs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's definitely not an oasis, not an oasis kind of a situation. situation. That's the opposite end That's of the, the spectrum. Yeah. Semisonic right? is on the uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember once Semisonic had sort of like a spat in a uh, really? mixing oh. in, a, in in front of a mix engineer, and Bob then we sort of I don't know what we were upset about, but was, you know there was some kind of like something and. We 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 stepped out and then we we sort of talked about it and came back in and then we apologized to the engineer and said you know sorry about that and he had no idea what we were talking about uh, <laughs> because it's great a, a semisonic fight is like so um, sort of uh, low key and um, probably sounds like just a regular discussion uh, to. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. laughably low, low key for uh, for anybody else. Very Minnesotan. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the engineer was like, "Oh, wait, did I miss something? Yeah. Did you guys break that something? Was what happened?" What it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Did the guitar come th- flying through the console? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't see um, it. What, what happened? Right. So, uh, tidbits like that you'll find in So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star. One of my, and I mean this, one of my favorite books ever, I've ever read. I've read it three times, and I'm a, such a slow reader, so it takes a wow. lot of commitment for me to, <laughs> to read a book three times. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
I, uh, I actually, in, so anybody who is interested in, you know, the music business or semi-sonic, anything like that, uh, Jake wrote a book in 2004, So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star. And then what's the, uh, what's the subtitle? How I Machine Gunned a Room Full of Record Executives and Other True Tales from a Drummer's Life. Man, you got it down. Yeah. Got it memorized. <laughs> um, uh, I actually read it before I was a semi-sonic fan so it, it, and, and loved it. Um, oh, wow. And it holds up. Yeah, I mean, it's just a great read. Um, no matter if you only know closing time or you know, you know every every song and every album. Um, but yeah, so I, I I remember I was just uh, looking for music books online, and uh, you know I was in college, and so I ordered this off Amazon. And then uh, that was the. And then later that summer, I met my my now wife, who is from Minnesota. And so once I moved up here. Um, I discovered, oh yeah, Semisonic's from here. I, you know, I was, I was like closing time, and that's when I, you know, started getting you guys because it's, you know, it's like required reading in Minneapolis. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, I've, I've read it twice since, and it's, it's such a great, like, you know, it's like you take, uh, it, it, you take the fan through the whole journey. You know, the, you know, from being like, just this unsigned band, local band that. Nobody's ever heard of outside Minneapolis, and then you get signed, and then, you know, everybody expects that album to do great. It doesn't. You might get dropped, but then, then, uh, then you guys come out with closing time, and it's you know a huge success, one of the you know biggest songs of the '90s, and um, yeah, it's it's just great. It's you you have such a great uh, wit and like, um, like you know you're you're funny, self-deprecating, but honest. You know, it's well, thank just, you. Yeah, I mean, wow, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's great. That's my book review. <laughs> Excellent. Good, good one. Um, you have a funny it was, story. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to just say it was, it, was, um, it was very therapeutic to write it. Right. Um, because um, I was still missing... All of this sort of, you know, I wrote it after most of our, you know, after all of the sort of the, the busiest part of our career was behind right. us. And um, I think writing the book sort of put me in touch with the fact that more than anything, I've, I just, I felt kind of lucky. Yeah, that's the sense I get. You know, it's like, here's like a crazy 10 year period of my life. Is Absolutely. That... Yeah. The, and now, the, the, now it's back to normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. Um, did, when you wrote it, was it like you kind of knew that, because you guys haven't come out with an album since uh, 2001, All About Chemistry, did you kind of know that you, that Simi Sonic was stopping for the time being? At least as well, a we had band? said we we're going to take a break. Uh -huh. um, and uh, well, that was very... Um, very deliberate on our part, you know. Um, once our once our record label sort of pulled support for our final for our uh, for all about chemistry, um, then we just decided, you know, um, let's not let's not just run ourselves into the ground. Let's take some yeah. time. Dan wanted to make a solo record. Um, John had some projects he wanted to do. Um, he had just gotten married and I had actually been thinking about writing a book 
because I had been writing road, I had been sort of reading road diaries that I had written on national public radio and um, had actually gotten some interest from editors who said, hey, are you, if you ever write a book, let us know. So um, I had actually had the idea for writing a book, and so when we decided to go on sort of what we called a hiatus, um, then that was sort of like an obvious project for me. Okay. Yeah, that was one of my questions. was like, you know, one of my favorite things about it is how detailed it is, you know, like, and so I guess that's how it's so detailed. Is it, it's kind of a compilation of those? Well, um, also, I just had a, I mean, I think I actually have a pretty good memory. Mm. Uh, also. A, a lot of the stuff was not in, there. there's probably, I can't remember how many chapters, it's maybe tw uh, 15 or 20 chapters, 18 chapters, I don't know. Well, you, and, you got the title perfect. Let's see how, how good you are on the, uh, I don't know. Let's see, I'm not great at Roman numerals, 17. Eight, 18 okay. with acknowledgments. So, so. Not bad. So um, th I think there's like two of those chapters that were very closely modeled after road diaries I had written. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of it was not. And um, I just had things like um, I had my memory. I also had sort of tour itineraries. And it's interesting how just looking back and saying, oh, yeah, that was the night we played at that bar. Right, right. And now I remember that this happened and we had that conversation with so-and-so and they said this. You know, so um, it's amazing how um, just little associative details can bring back all kinds of memories. Right. Um, and so, um, and, and also, all of it had happened fairly recently. Yeah, this two thousand four. So yeah, was it within pretty much the the previous ten years? So yeah. it wasn't too far out of um, date. And of course, the things I wrote about were the the most uh, memorable things. So right. you know. Uh, um, I wasn't going to write about the, the stuff that I found trivial. Right, right. Well, yeah, none of it, yeah, it's all, it's, it's all great. You know, it's like um, you got you, you, your music video treatments, you got, uh, you know, your A&R, your A&R people interactions, which are always hilarious, you know, because uh -huh. you got the uh, competing, I guess, agendas of the band yeah. and the record company. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's just a, it's a great read. Thank you. Um, is that so, is that? Do you find that that's um, like that? Those like competing, that constant co competing between like you and the A and R is like what? Is that what wore you guys out, or was it like the touring, or did you just? I mean, I think one 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 thing that really was important for me in writing the book was capturing how I actually started to sort of accept the record company logic. Oh, <laughs> um, well, because you know, you're, you're actually submerged in it. It's all you right. hear about. And so, uh, in a way, it's kind of inescapable. And I thought it was actually important to document that far from, I mean, th there were certain things where I was just like, I, I, do not, I refuse to adopt this point of view. Like, uh, the point of view that our that feeling strangely fine was a commercial disappointment. 
you know, it sold a million and a half copies. <laughs> and but yeah. back then, um, that actually was kind of disappointing. Right. Uh, this is before, um, you know, the the kind of radical reorganization of the music yeah. business, which now uh, produces a lot fewer sales. Um, yeah. Now only Taylor Swift. Sells yeah, a million. I mean, if someone sold a million and a half copies now, you'd be like on the Grammys tonight. Yeah, right. So, um, <laughs> uh, but um, but I think that that was one of the things that was important to me was just sort of documenting how I myself was part of the problem. Hmm. Yeah. If that makes huh. sense, you know, I um, I mean, I think that's always a more interesting viewpoint to take. Um, so I myself sort of accepted some of those record company, um, some of their thinking or illogic. Um, yeah, that's, that seems so, so bogus because it's like, sorry, I only made you a few million dollars. Instead right. of <laughs> well, you know, but consider the, 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 the thinking that surrounds those people. They report to their higher ups, who are Wall Street um, investors, yeah. stockholders, and those people want immediate results. And you know, everybody's everybody's sort of trapped in whatever sort of set of expectations that is sort of uh, in 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 the, in the realm of their. Um, particular day-to-day -day, um, existence. So, you know, for people who, like, report to those Wall Street um, executives, it's not, it's, it's not wrong to think that way. You know, yeah. they've got, they're thinking about their own survival as sure. record executives. It, so, it all about rolls their careers. Downhill. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, again, I, I'm not necessarily endorsing the, their point of view because I do think it's uh, really... Um, Deeply irrational and and sort of uh, super super problematic, but I understand how they got there. And um, and indeed, I myself kind of got there. Would you say so? Did you have you gone back to your earlier expectations? Like like after writing the book, you know, it's like wow, we did all this, rather than oh, that's all we did. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure. I mean, I now, I, I think that when I wrote the book, uh, I sort of, with, with sort of uh, select voices of the music business in my ear, was sort of thinking of Semisonic as a disappointment. And now I think of us as an improbable success. It's so, yeah, right. Um, and I think that's a much more um, justifiable view. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like uh, what the millions of people would of kill bands. for that level of success, right? Well, such sure. a small and it was of a, it was an unusual level of success. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, uh, we had, um, in fact, our songs are still. You know, the, someone just sang one of our songs on The Voice UK. Really? Uh, what, yeah. what song? Uh, Secret Smile. Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. And um, so you know, I mean, we we. And, you know, closing time, of course, gets uh, hauled out for all kinds of uses all the time and, and other songs, too. And, and, you know, we should just kind of 
keep that in mind when we're thinking about um, how it all went. Right. Yeah. By we, I mean we, the band members. Right. Uh, you know, the, every every uh, listeners, of course, are free to sort of use whatever uh, measurements they want to. Well, yeah, I agree. It's a, it's an improbable success story. Um, do you so? Um, yeah, I, I could talk. I could talk all day about Simic Song, <laughs> but we we should get to Bruce. We want to be respectful of your time. Okay, cool. Um, well, actually, first I wanted to uh, talk about this time you met Max. That's documented in the book. Yeah, all because, too briefly. Alas. <laughs> right, Max is. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was the band leader on Conan. Um, yeah. And you guys played Conan, you know, when closing time was out. And, uh, right. th yeah, there's just this great story about, you know, you're like, oh, you, you tell someone, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to meet Max Weinberg after the show. I'm a big Bruce fan. And then... Yeah. Uh, and a big Max fan. And a big Max fan. Yeah. And, um, and then you're, uh, you've, you've done the show, you're walking out and everything... Let's see, 20 minutes later, walking to the elevator, we came upon Max Weinberg standing in the hallway and talking with one of the guards. I walked up and introduced myself. I'm a huge fan of yours and fellow drummer, of course. I blushed. Thanks, Max nodded, then turned away and resumed his discussion with the guard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, keep in mind that um, Max had just played a show. In fact, right. Max had, had just played much more of a show than I, than I had. Because he's I going played for one an hour. song. Of course, I was like freaked out and so nervous. And, you know, for Max, this was, you know, a work day. Right. But it's like a pretty intense thing to, um, you know, he's like the band leader and, of course, you know, drumming. And it's a super physical thing. So <laughs> that's just what happens, you know. Right. Um, the, you know, he was kind of, um, he was exhausted. And, um, I hadn't sort of factored that into my expectations. <laughs> right. Did you have you met any other members? Any? Did you ever come across another? Uh, I don't think so. Mm. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm pretty. I'm positive. I would remember. Let me think right. about this. Uh, no. No. Haven't had lunch with Bruce or anything. <laughs> Alas, no. Um, Bruce is the brother of a photographer. Uh, Pam Springsteen, who uh, once uh, oh. took some photos. She's a great photographer, and Bruce is her brother. Um, she took some uh, photos of the band. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, that's nice. cool. That's, but I've never actually, never met Bruce. I mean, seen him perform, but, um, you know, never, never met him. Let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about seeing Bruce. Uh-huh. What, uh, yeah. what shows have you seen? Uh, I saw one show of his in uh, Oakland, California oh. in mid-80s. Okay. Well, were, you, um, were you living in Oakland? Uh, San Francisco. And um, it was, you know, I was a huge Bruce fan at the time. You know, I kind of came to Bruce, so I'm much older than you guys, obviously. Um I came to Bruce uh, later than most of my peers. Um, I, I remember think you talked about that in the book. Yeah, most, <laughs> most of my peers were uh, in, or the, 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 the friends of mine who were Bruce fans, I should say, um, 
became fans of his, you know, in the sort of Born to Run, Darkness on the Edge of Town era. Right. And um, I actually came to Bruce by way of Nebraska. Oh, really? That was your first Yeah, Bruce. and that was, that was the first album I could just really sit down with and just, like, get into. Um, I've, I've since met a few people who have the same, that, that was sort of the gateway album for them, too. And, um, I mean, I think Nebraska is just a magical record. Totally. And, um, but that yeah. was the one that sort of got me going. And then I went back and, um, you know, everything. Many would say it's the least accessible, though. Um, you know, in many ways it is, uh, but but for me it was the most accessible. Yeah. So. Was that the um, sound that you liked? Was it the sound that grabbed you? You didn't, you didn't like the big... Stadium, well, I think I, stadium, I mean I have one theory authentic. about it, which mm-hmm. is that I think one of the hardest things about getting into Bruce was getting past his fans. Oh, mm. <laughs> um, and not that not that I think his fans are bad people, but just more that they're all having this religious experience. Right, yeah, yeah, and and if you are not, if you are not having that experience, it's kind of um, hard to get past. You know, right. it's like. It's for the same reason I never want to go see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, it has really nothing to do with the movie and everything to do with the fact that I just know that I'm going to be there amidst others who are um, having this sort of, like, amazing experience that I just simply am not going to be able to access. Right. And like, like um, Bruce fans, they've probably seen it 97 times. There you go, yeah. <laughs> um, and so... Nebraska has this very private energy about it. And so I think when I was listening to Nebraska, I really had the sense that I, w- I wasn't going to have to sort of, even in my imagination, d- deal with the sort of um, fan energy that sort of was getting in my way. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I... I've- I it's a record it. you can just get lost in. I totally agree. Yeah, totally. So, um, and and it's also just a spectacular record. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's it's very. Agreed. I think it's the most cinematic of his records. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. It it really there's a sort of uh, spaciousness. Yeah. Um, about it. And I think he definitely, I mean, it was obviously, you know, the, the title song uh, was inspired by the movie Badlands, the Terrence Malick film. Right. And um, you definitely, and, you know, Bruce has spoken in interviews about the influence that sort of noirish. Uh, and, and, and noirish films and just films generally had on his um, sort of the cosmology of his songs and the titles like you know the, the, the title Darkness on the Edge of Town that sounds kind of like a, a, a movie title right and <clears throat> I think he was very um, deliberate about that kind of stuff so um, but, but I think his, his sort of his love of cinema, I hear it in that album, and I I love cinema, and so I think that was another way that I really sort of connected to that album. 
Yeah, that's a great thing about Nebraska, you know, because it's, you know, they're all story songs. So, you know, um, I feel like for me, that's why I can get lost in it so much. Um, right. Yeah. Interesting that the drummer d likes Nebraska the best. Or not, maybe not the best, but that was your gateway. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because, um, you know, I'm also a, a, I mean, I love songs. Right. And I love... Um, I love literature, you know, when you're listening to a Springsteen song, you're definitely listening to literature. Right. You know, he, he writes lyrics that are, um, you know, literary. Yeah. Nebraska, yeah. they're all like, yeah, they're all like uh, ballads, like poems, you know. Just, yeah, you know, these, for sure. These, <laughs> um, very, like, I don't know, uh, like uh almost um like a sort of like greek uh um <laughs> like a like odyssey yeah. well yeah, yeah that, i mean you know um <laughs> like lyric like a greek lyrical uh yeah story to them yeah you know? yeah well i think like that title song nebraska the uh, i mean and, and and i mean they're all they all have such haunting yeah um Themes, you know, Atlantic City is sort of, you know, the, the, right. the, the song whose whose speaker is like on his way to do a hit, right? You know, yeah. I mean, my guy, right? No, yeah. So, but uh, but he captures that human aspect, which is, I think, the key. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's not a he. he um, I think that one thing that's kind of remarkable about that album is he lets the sort of evil and the pathology just sit there right in the open he doesn't attempt mm. to sort of dress it up or fix it that's it's interesting just, yeah i never thought about that just, yeah it's just what it is yeah. yeah well because i think i think because we're i i like what i like about it is like he puts yeah these people the these very um like sensational stories and just it's just like when we look at them as people have never been it just like seems crazy but it's those are actually just he, other human you know those are just other people's like other people um what what's the name of the uh the killer that um nebraska is based on like yeah he was like we can't imagine going around killing 10 people but somebody you know did it, and it's just like trying to um like just not uh judge it but just kind of try to occupy their mind for a second you know yeah, yeah, it's a really important kind of um, an interesting and, and frightening proposition. Yeah, right. Um, Charles Starkweather. How can we forget Charles that name? Yeah, Charles yeah. Starkweather. Classic right, killer right. name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then the show you saw, Starkweather. you said, is this is Tunnel of Love or Born in the USA tour? Um I can't remember. I, I believe it was a born. I believe it was just part of this super extended born in the USA right. thing, which I think went on for um, a few years. Right, right. Uh, was it I like at the Coliseum? Anymore. Yeah, at the Coliseum. Okay. Oh, and it was in the autumn. Uh, it might have been like in September. So if you're looking up tour dates there, look for a tour date in a, in September. He did, uh, let's see how many nights did he did in October of uh, 
Oh yeah, uh, in October. October of 1984. Oh no, so he did 84 and then 85. Um, he did two yeah. nights each. So he did four nights total at the Coliseum on that tour. Yeah, so it might have been 85. Oh okay. I'm not sure. Man, I, I love those. Uh, I love those Born in the USA setlists because they're so heavy on Nebraska, right? Because he didn't tour Nebraska. So that's when he's finally getting to play right. all those songs. Man. I don't know that he played, I, I, I'm not sure that he played anything from uh, uh, Nebraska, but oh, I, really? I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I was long, so obviously uh, <laughs> one of the nice things about Bruce is that his fans are so like total in their devotion that someone has undoubtedly written up what sets, what, what songs were in the set, so... Oh, it's um, surely documented. It's surely documented somewhere. <laughs> um, so then, after that, is that when it clicked for you? Like, once Before you get to Nebraska, that, by, and that was I was already sort of, um, sort of on my way. So after after I sort of like after Nebraska um, sort of opened the door for me, then I just very quickly disappeared down into the rabbit hole of everything up through Nebraska and probably half of Born in the USA. Mm, okay. So you must have a particular affinity for The Wild and the Innocent. I do. You wanted to talk about Rosalita, which is our song this week. Yeah, I mean, I... One of the things that I um, think about a lot as a drummer is the way that people listen to drumming. And one way that people listen to drumming is they sort of measure how fast or how even, or, you know, they want some sort of metric by which they can judge the drummer. Right. And one thing I love about Rosalita is that just, it proves all of that kind of thinking to be foolish. Right. Um, <laughs> because um, it's... The drummer uh, in the early E Street Band was a guy named Vinny Mad Dog Lopez. Right. And, um, I mean, I love all of the Springsteen drummers. Uh, well, I should say, I, I, the three that I know, there's actually more than three. Um, but um, yeah. the, the, the three I've listened to the most <laughs> yeah. are, um, you know, Max, obviously, yeah. and then uh, Vinny Lopez, and then Boom Carter, who played on Born to Run, and that is a fantastic right. drum performance. Right. Um, but um, I think the thing about Rosalita that is so great, especially with regard to the drumming, is the way it speeds up and slows down and... and it's all over the place. The, it's all over the place, and that just really captures the vibe of the song, which is totally. about a, an, a rebel, an outlaw. You know, you can, the, the, you, can hear, you can practically hear the car fishtailing on the road as the cops pursue <laughs> in the background, you know. I mean, it's got that kind of, an, it's like a getaway, he's like a getaway car driver. Right. And th it has that kind of an energy, which is exactly what the drummer is supposed to bring into a song. A drummer is supposed to bring drama, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, precision is great as far as it goes, but precision doesn't have any uh, heart or soul, you know. Yeah. And when I think of Bruce, I mean, that's the thing about Bruce is like, 
he's just laying it out there. And so one thing I just love about that song is the madness of the drumming, you know, that just the way it, it's, um, you know, just lurching this way and that way. And not necessarily because Vinny Lopez doesn't know how to play the drums. I think actually think that <laughs> you can think of all of that as like very much what he intended. He just right. said, let's go, let's make this happen. You know, and as a result of that, it's like vroom, like just like all over the place. So it, it, it was just kind of his style in general was just like kind of this unrest, unrestrained style, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I, w- I, w- I mean, I would say he was probably. I mean, you know, another guy in that the, 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 the sort of the main, the heart of that era beast uh, of the E Street Band for me is the the pianist david sanchez mm-hmm. yeah um, for sure and he sort of like had a sort of a jazz um he brought sort of a jazz influence and i hear vinnie lopez is kind of um vibing off of that somewhat um he's got a little bit of mitch mitchell in him um oh, nice yeah i don't know if you guys you know the, the drummer from yeah, from Hendrix, right. exactly, and 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 he himself, and and Mitch Mitchell was sort of like a jazz jazz influence guy, and you can hear it in a lot of his fills, and I hear it in a lot of Vinnie Lopez's drumming, um, so I I I'm I'm not quite sure what his sort of total. I, I've just not read any interviews with him and and never heard him sort of talk about it. I'd be actually fascinated to to know, but. I've I've never actually sort of dug up any interviews with with Vinny Lopez, but just listening to the tracks on which he plays, I know that he is an exceptionally exciting drummer to listen to. Yeah, I um, think I think he's like not very different in a very different way, but I and not to this level, but I, I some ways I equate it to him being like it you know just uh like like a, a keith moon like not a, yeah but, there you go yeah yeah not yeah. like as not as all out aggressive but just as but the same but, kind of just like total out. energy yeah yeah all yeah. out totally yeah. just going for here it here we go let's 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 make this let's just let's rock let's make this happen yeah right and um and, and like Keith Moon, um, and and like and so many of my favorite drummers, there's a looseness um, about his uh, playing. You know, he's just the windows are down. You know, right. you really feel the air as you uh, as as the song happens. You feel the air in your hair, and um, which is a literally a Bruce thing (laughs) yeah right roll down the windows and let the wind blow back let the wind blow back yeah let let mad dog um, lopez blow back your hair yeah i mean that's one album ironic ironically he doesn't drum on that song but yeah (laughs) i mean it's but the thing is is that uh vinny is is making bruce's vision happen right you know and so like whatever drummer bruce is got um playing behind him is going to make is going to bring out a certain kind of Bruce. Max Weinberg brings out the hard working Bruce. Right. Yeah. Boom Carter brings out the teen idol Bruce. <laughs> He's kinda of because Boom Carter's playing is more even. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
and um, and and so it tends to foreground 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 Bruce in almost a sort of a heartthrobby way, and it's 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 no mistake that Born to Run is the the song that broken, you know, right? Because that's that's the that's the song where the drumming is the most um, serving up the singer as as a sort of like right glamorous, yeah uh, as a glamorous you know center of attention like and then I, I, Vinny Lopez and Vinny Lopez's drumming is of the sort of like um the Bruce who's grinning from ear to ear slyly you know with that cap and that mustache and beard and sort of right. uh you know that that Bruce and He's so kind of this, and, this like beat romantic totally like this, yeah exactly yeah Exactly. I wonder, um, that makes me think because, you know, I was thinking, because you wrote a lot, of, a lot about um, uh, each different drummer and with a different, exa- different examples of their drumming in uh, one of your blog posts, uh, portablephilosophy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, a breakdown, a very detailed breakdown of each drummer and their styles. Um, and I was thinking it's, uh, it's really convenient because... Vinny was like the perfect drummer for this part of Bruce's career. He like facilitates the wildness kind of, right? And well, uh, I mean, you can you can say it that way, or you can actually, I think you can actually say, and I th- I'm sure Bruce would agree with this that it's more like you're in a band, and the band kind of makes you into who you are. That's what I was, yeah. That's, that's what I was what thinking I, yeah. because it, yeah, it made me think maybe it was maybe the drummers or in the band as a whole made him, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it's that's definitely that way with music, you know. I mean, um, I think of like when I listen to the Beatles and I hear John Lennon's sort of sleepy vocal delivery, and I think the thing that actually inspires that sleepiness is the luscious swing of Ringo's groove. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ringo, who was criminally underrated, um, <laughs> yeah, at least for by sure. the official uh, sort of drum world. Mm-hmm. Um, or my, a, a large swath of it, I should say. Um, but that's another, you know, or you can think of any great uh, jazz ensemble, you know, you can think of how, you can think of how Elvin Jones may have influenced um, John Coltrane, um, or or how Roy, Roy Haynes might have uh, influenced John Coltrane, or how John Coltrane's, playing shows up in the drumming of those two drummers. So, um, yeah, there's, it's definitely, you know, that's the great thing about music. It's, it's collaborative. Right. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah or Miles, Miles Davis is like the classic example of that. Right. And every band he played with, he got, he, he had like a different style, completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes he, I mean, I'm sure, like with, you know, like someone like Miles Davis, obviously, he probably had an idea of where he wanted to go and knew which players were going to get him there. I, I think but, to an extent Bruce, they, Bruce but, did, too, with it when he oh, moved on sure. from yeah. Benny. Yeah. Yeah, so, because yeah, I've seen, yeah, he talks about that in Born to Run, or maybe it was in Bruce, the, uh, where he talks about, like, they were evolving past that. And they did talk about how, like, some of some of Vinny's behaviors... Yeah, his behavior also, also played into it. ...had <laughs> also but become well, a problem. What, I, what little I know of his behavior really resonates with his drumming. 
Yeah. <laughs> it sounds yeah, he was, just a, he was a loose like cannon. That's yeah. basically what, ha- what, what yeah. the problem was. He was like kind of a hothead yeah. loose cannon. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I I I think that's that's perfect too because another thing I read I was reading this other book is about Bruce is like listening to Bruce Springsteen and goes through all his different eras and he talks about how later on um, Clarence kind of became more of an accessory than like uh, the saxophone it, like it it was like you kind of Bruce liked to tack it on instead of make it like an integral part of the arrangement uh-huh. like when he was younger and I think that's again. You know, you could trace that, you know, to, Dave, to David Sanchez's his style, but also Vinny's drumming style. It just lends itself to this uh, just overflowing, like, collage of a, of a song, you know, and I think that's what, what Bruce was making at the time. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So you talk about um, roundness. Um, and I love, I love having a drummer on the show because you know, whenever, whenever we try to analyze, we, we try to do a whole... <laughs> We're terrible. Yeah, we, we, we're good at analyzing the lyrics. We can, we can do that. We can speak English. And, uh, but, and then we get to the guitars and like, oh, I really like, I really like the noodling Stevie does after the chorus. Or I, like, I love Clarence's, how Clarence just swoops in there for the solo. But like drumming, we're always like, I love how Max drives this one forward. That's all we can say. So it's, it's great to, to, know, to have someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, so you talk about roundness. Uh, and so Vinny is on the less round. He's like yeah. So by roundness, I meant yeah, uh, that I was sort of I, I created a little analogy, which is um, if you think about musical time as being a wheel, um, wheel, right? The roundest wheel would be a metronome because every beat is evenly spaced from every other one. Mm-hmm. But but of course drummers, human drummers are not metronomes, and they sort of stretch the shape of that wheel um, kind of deliberately or you know intuitively, and um, and that's that creates a sort of a nice little bounce as you go along, and in, in, uh, you know you imagine a car made out of slightly elongated wheels, it's going to bounce just a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, and that's what you want. Um, and um, there are trade-offs. You know, round isn't always better. Um, for a punk band, for instance, you definitely wouldn't want, like, perfectly uh, right. even drumming. You'd want something that had a little bit of frenetic energy about it. So, um, and that's a similar... So this is a sort of a, a analogous situation where um, you don't want... The songs, when, you know, the, the first word in the title of the album is wild. Right. You yes. know, you want it to sound wild. And in order to do that, you can't have like a super like um, even or, or, or if you bring in a super even drummer, you're going to lose some of that wildness. You'll get something else, uh, but you'll lose some of the wildness. Yeah, so you've got a you've got a breakdown here. So round, it's wilder, more vulnerable, more human, more disheveled, right? More free spirited. Let less round is. Less round, less, less round. round. Is. Yeah, and more round, restrained, and more more restrained, more invincible, machine like. Um, so what? Uh, I guess what do you like? 
what do you like best about Vinny's performance on this song? What uh, I just love that he, it's it's telling the story with the drums, as it were. I mean, as as Bruce sings the words, I just really feel Vinny playing them on the drums. Mm. Not not like he's like tapping out the lyrics syllable <laughs> right. for syllable, but I mean, <laughs> Morse code. But I mean the drama, the drama, you know, told in the song, which is you know this sort of story about a a young guy who's like um, trying to win this. Uh, when you know Rosalita's affections, and um, he's kind of cocky, mm-hmm. um, but he also knows he's a little bit over his head. But the hell with it anyway. So do you kind of get that from it, yeah. Vinny? Do you get do you get hit from his performance? Like, cocky? Well, totally. I yeah. mean, like um, um, when you hear about the car, you know, out in the mud in the swamps of Jersey. Right. God, I just... It's My favorite totally, line. It just it sounds like we're driving, we're riding right by it. You know? <laughs> um, and, um... So that, yeah, I, I feel like the, the drumming just has such drama. Mm-hmm. And the song needs... The, the song deserves that. So what, what do you think it would have been if... Well, you know, Max plays it live, but like on the original recording, what would have been if Max or Boom had done it? Do you, do you think it can even come close to what it is? Is it is? Well, I, I think that um, again, you would you would gain and lose certain things, but I kind of um, I don't know. I don't want to think about if Max had played it, and just in the same way as I don't want to think if Vinny had played on Backstreets. <laughs> You know, right? Um, yeah, Backstreets is amazing, and it's it's got that sort of almost machine like oh the drums on Backstreets, you know, like hard yeah. slamming, and it just sounds like some guy like I really f- he feel the 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 muscles whenever um, Max is playing, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that that shows up in Bruce's writing. You know, just as we've been saying. And so I think it's kind of hard to imagine what the song would have been if those other guys in the ba- had been in the band because it probably would have ended up being some other great song. Right, yeah. I but not it, Rosalita. Not Rosalita, right. Yeah, it would, have, it would have been something else, maybe just as cool, maybe even cooler, but it, it, it wouldn't have been Rosalita. Mm-hmm. And same if, if Vinny had played on Born to Run or Jungle Land or... Born in the USA, those songs just, they might not have actually ever been. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's because we do, we like, it's a game we like to kind of play, like, not so much with, like, who, with players within the song, but, like, albums. Sometimes we'll be like, well, what if we change this song for this song <laughs> right. on the album? And we're like, well, then it's a different album. It's not the same. And, you know, um, you know, because we're saying, like, well, is this song better than this song? Well, maybe, but it's... It's still, but it's become something different, and I think, you know, I, I think that's maybe the the danger. We we still like to do it because, just it well, makes of good conversation. You're music but fans. It's, yeah, it's an, it's, right. it's part of the great things about being music fans is you do that kind of stuff. But to the yeah. artist, this this it's like that's just part of of the whole pro of like what came out. It's like it doesn't even 
doesn't even matter. It's like Bruce would never like try to recut Rosalita, you know, if with Max and try to reconfigure it. I mean, he he might, and and there might be really interesting results. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's there's two, you know. Sure. Two super imaginative, really great musicians. Who knows, you know, between the two of them, what they what what a different kind of a approach they might come up with that would be really fascinating and cool. I'm just saying. Um, my main point is that I think a lot of people think like the best drumming is the most even, the fastest, right. the most somehow facile. And the, the, the facility that that kind of thinking loses track of is the particular facility that drummers like Vinny have, which is a facility for drama. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, Max, too. Max is a great storyteller on the drums. Um, but you've got to sort of let go of all of the sort of perfectionist ways that people try to listen to drumming in order to get there. <laughs> yeah, that's something your your um, your writing has definitely taught me because that's how I thought about drumming. I and uh, yeah, there's this whole world that you know you can open yourself up to by um, you know you can do it with any instrument, but um, certainly the drums are one that I think most people take for granted, right? Well, yeah, and I think actually, um, and now I, sh- I should just sort of say that things I'm saying, other drummers might really totally reject. <laughs> like they're all yeah. about, there's some drummers that are just about precision, yeah, and that's your job. I mean, if Vinny or Max were listening now, they might just say, what is, who is this clown? <laughs> you know, um, but yeah. this is how I feel, you know, and, and this is how I listen, so... Um, you know, and I'm the guest this week, and they're not so tough. Yeah, yeah exactly. They would surely yeah. say that about us if they ever heard it. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think of like um, a quote, like from, and I don't know how you feel about their drama or if you even like this band, but like you know, the White Stripes and. Uh, uh, I don't know them. I mean, I, I know you know who, who they, they are, are, but yeah, yeah, I just don't know their music. Um, but think of another band. Okay, well, I was just thinking of a quote from Jack White because because okay. his his ex wife was the drummer was his drummer in the White Stripes and they she used mm-hmm. to get a lot of shit you know people thought her drumming was this very oh, yeah. uh, simple and ragged and not like didn't add anything and uh, he always said you know I it, he's like it, for me it was the perfect drumming he's like I wasn't looking for Neil Pert was his example he's like I wasn't looking for <laughs> to have Neil Pert in my band he's like that that was right. what I needed for my He's like that's what he's like that's what was what made our songs, you know. Absolutely, I think that's I think that's right on. So where are you on that spectrum? How round are you as a drummer? I'm somewhere in the middle. Probably not as round as I would like to think, but um, but that's a good thing, of, right? Well, I don't gives, know. Gives us some personality. The, the, I, 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 I don't I don't know that. Um, you know, round, not round. The the point of the um, sort of system of thinking about things this way is is to get away from is to sort of acknowledge the fact that it's all subjective. Right. Right. Um, but that we're making trade offs. Um, we're making real trade offs, and we can uh, about which our judgments are subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
I listen to, you know, I hate the sound of my voice on tape. Um, yeah, I can too. barely listen to my own. <laughs> I can never watch our my face in our videos. Really? Uh, yeah, no. And I, I, you know, I, every time I hear my drumming, I kind of wince. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm really not not the person to ask. So it's it's like it's kind of like yeah. So it's like you're hearing your own voice you, through your your drumming, I guess, in that sense. To you, is exactly. it exactly? Yeah, you definitely are. Interesting. How about how about when Dan sings your words? Because you, you you've written a couple semisonic songs. Can you can you that's listen to that? A little easier. That's a little. That's like one step removed, and I okay. can do that. I still sort of wonder about the words and the melodies, and you know, uh, that's just the way I am. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, um, I I think the thing to do is just for me to not worry about that and just. You know, just plug along, keep that's, drumming, that's, keep. That's kind keep of the drummer it. personality. That's the the stereotypical drummer personality, isn't it? Right. Well, I think there's there's a few stereotypical drummer personalities. There's that one, but there's also, you know, that one is sort of a Ringo-ish kind of low key. Yeah, or the as thing. we as we know, like like Bill Barry, like we're both REM fan, big REM mm. fans. Oh, yeah, like the yeah. Bill Barry. That's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, but then there's also like you know. The um, the sort of drummer as huge personality um, thing and what like the, like know, Keith Moon or something? Sure, Keith Moon or who's the, who's the guy in Metallica? Uh, Lars Ulrich. Yeah, yeah, Lars Ulrich. That's he's right. got kind of a big personality. I right. Think. Yeah, he's he's like the um, most famous guy in that band, other than maybe the lead <laughs> right. singer. Right. Um, and I think you know that's part of what drives that band. I don't. I don't say it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a different mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, um, I think um, I. I, <laughs> I wish I had a bigger personality, um, <laughs> but uh, you know it is what it is. So. Um, well, we're coming up on an hour. Um, sh- okay. Should we should we wrap it up? Maybe we should wrap up. Okay. Because uh, yeah. Well, before you go, um, could you give us uh, what what's your favorite Bruce album? Favorite Bruce song? Favorite album is Nebraska. Favorite still, still Nebraska. Okay. Yeah, and um, I wow, so many favorites ones. I, I guess I'll say it's not Atlantic an easy City. question. I'll say Atlantic City. Oh, Atlantic City. All right. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's great, great talking drums. We don't, we don't, you know, it's hard for us. We don't know anything about drums. So, (laughs) well, thank you. I like the air drum a lot, but other than that, we love the air drum. Yeah. (laughs) More people need to discover the air drum. It's a great instrument. Uh, but thank you for having me on, and and you know, long live Bruce. You know, we love Bruce. Yes. Um, yeah. Great. I'm gonna after reading your 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 blog your uh, blog posts. I'm gonna, um, you know, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try to listen to um, you know to just focus on the drumming when I listen to an album. You know. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, so uh, I look forward to seeing Semisonic sometime soon, hopefully too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Great. Great, great guest, great interview. Yeah, I. <laughs> he he's our guest this week. Not I'm glad, not I'm glad you were you were able you were able to um, 
mostly contained. You all, you only got a little weird. You didn't like. <laughs> only, the, <laughs> I only started to cry three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't, uh, you weren't totally insane. So that was that was good. <laughs> oh my God, Simi Sonic, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I restrain myself. I can restrain yeah. myself when, when necessary. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, the Semisonic shows that I saw at First Avenue were great. I, and I, I forgot to mention this on the podcast. So now we've had, um, in the past couple months, in the past two weeks, well, I guess, yeah, in the past two months, we've had um, two different First Avenue acts. Oh, nice. How about that? Because Semisonic uh, did two nights at First Ave, both sold out, I might add, um, in December. And then just last week, I saw our friend Reese and his band Bully. Uh, play First Avenue. That's, so that, I like to think, um, and I know this um, This is going to sound laughable because I'm going to say, like, as our podcast starts to uh, uh, gain um, notoriety, which right. doesn't actually it's a happen. Very small, it's a very small blip on the radar. It's like, yeah, we were we this like, popular, now we're this popular. But I think, like, I think we can, um, we can, keep, we can keep going. Like, we went from bass to drummer, and then I think we can get a guitarist and a frontman. And then I think we could have the Springsteen Song of the Week supergroup. Yes, there we go. Okay, so we got the rhythm section down. They're locked in. They're grooving on We got the rhythm. We got the rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Now the guitarist. Contrasting styles, but I think they can work it out. Yeah. Right. 2010s indie rocker. Well. Yeah, but but a very '90s style of it. Very '90s style. That's true. So yeah, the '90s jazz. Actually, the the yeah the. The 2010s indie rocker might be more 90s than the, the <laughs> band that produced one of the biggest hits of the 90s. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, man, that, that awesome of Jake to come on. He's so smart. He knows so much about the drums and just about music in general. He, he's uh, he, he's, yeah, he's written the book. He's written the book on music. I, yeah, I, I would have. I think I, yeah, I could have kept picking his brain about. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, and maybe uh, maybe we'll get him or, or another drummer on, and just to just like the the because he talks about you know gives some good language of like how to uh, analyze drumming. I'd, right. I, I'd want to know um like, and I guess I should have asked him, but you know, in that time, like uh, where does like where does a uh, technical proficiency fit in with like uh. This this idea of of you know keeping the beat like how mm. like would would you consider someone who keeps the beat very perfectly more technically proficient or you know or is is that just easier I don't know I can be Jake if you want <laughs> yeah okay well well Seth what you gotta understand is um, I want to get rid of this thinking that it's you know that it's it's one way. You know, <laughs> drumming is a wheel, and so every every point on that wheel is subjective, and it's not qualitative. Um, so you can take any point in that wheel, whether it's on the round side or, or on mm. the uh, oval side, you can pick any point in between, and you can find, the um, the positive aspects of that because it, it's trade-offs. Trade-offs. How's that? For, is, how's that? That's pretty good. I think. I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, you nailed it, and then like um, 
he's gonna listen and like he's like man it took them two minutes to it took them two minutes of me leaving the show for them to completely misrepresent everything i said (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so uh yeah thank you so much to jake for coming on um you surely know closing time uh check out all three of uh semi sonics records they're great great divide uh feeling strangely fine all about chemistry um and uh what's the best the best feeling strangely fine i mean it's got closing time closing time um i didn't want because i didn't i didn't want to get too weird you know but um you know i I got i got a little weird and gushing you love that you do love that song but as much as i love jake's book i love closing time i mean closing time is like i told you i think it's it's one of my favorite songs of all time it's top 20 of all time closing time it is a perfect song Definitely, definitely one of my favorite songs in the nineties. Um, incredibly catchy. Incredibly catchy. Um, so, uh, yeah, feeling strangely fine is great. And it's, you know, it's got. Um, man, I wanted to talk talk to him about this, but uh, it's got this great song called "Gone to the Movies," which I think just perfectly uh, encapsulates, represents Minneapolis in the winter. It's you just, know what we? You know where we really failed. Where is we didn't ask him? We didn't ask him about Bob because Bob Clear Mountain. Oh, we didn't talk about Bob Clear Mountain. How could we not? Uh, closing time. We failed our listeners on that one. Yeah, uh, we can talk about Bob Clear Mountain. That's not nearly as good as Jake Slichter, who's worked with him talking about Bob. No, Clear no, Mountain. I know, but I, wa- I was just wondering if he he's actually he actually knows him. So or right. maybe he's actually known him. I don't know. If he, they're like. But anyway, he's worked. They've worked together, and I think he. Was, and, I think he went. But that's the connection. That's the connection. Semisonic to Bruce is Bob right. Clear Mountain. Because Bob Clear Mountain um, mixed. He mixed "Feeling Strangely Fine," the album with "Closing Time," and also "Born in the USA," "Tunnel of Love," "Human Touch," "Seeger Sessions." I think that was the list. Um, and he's famous for this thing called the Clear Mountain Pause. Like that's his. Um, that's his that's trademark true. on his songs, or you know, not all of them, but uh, that's, that's a his, great. That's it. That's his move. If I had a move, man, I, if I ever have a move, I hope it has as good a name as the Clear Mountain Pause, the Lichtenstein Pause, the Lichtenstein Delay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not as so, good. So, uh, if you know closing time, you know it goes closing time. Time for you to go out to the places you will be from. This is like near the end, and then it pauses. I thought it was like I thought it was every I new beginning. Who. I thought it was no, every that's, new. No, that's the that's, that's the, last the end. That's the, the last. Line. That's the end of the song. Yeah, and right, then, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. that pause. Okay, right. They get right, that right, dramatic, right. Um, dramatic tension building pause is uh, what. Bob Clearman's known for. We and you and I were talking before the show, before we called Jake, if if we could think of any Bruce instances. But no, I don't think so. It's not. I. It's yeah. It doesn't feel like nothing a, that jumps to mind at least. No. Yeah. It doesn't feel as Bruce. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, check out Jake's book. Check out Semisonics music. Um. Let's see. So I. You know, we, we talked all about the drumming. So I think we're good on... We don't have to note that Vinny Lopez really drives this song forward this week. Like, that's no, we got we, we covered that. We've moved past that part of the episode. Yeah. No, yeah, I think... Um, so, yeah, if I, was just gonna, if I was just going to piggyback off, off our drumming talk into the rest of... Into just the overall um, 
like, as you know, Rosalita is just like one of my favorite songs ever. Right. And um, and I stand there with arms folded when he plays it. Right. And so, and it's because it's because it just is like it's just like one of the most full of life songs I've ever heard. It's I just, was jubilant. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's just it and it's just like it's just like. It's like it like overflows. It's like when that song when the song plays when you turn it up and you just let it uh, occupy occupy you. It's like you can't contain it. It moves. You you start. You have to move because you're. It's like it's coming out as as it's going into your ears. Your your head can't contain like all the excitement. Sorry, um, I lost you there. What'd you say? Yeah, sorry. Um, I was just making like. Um, very ridiculous uh, imagery. So I was <laughs> uh, being very absurd. So I was saying, like, as the song enters your ears, it's just like it's too much for your head to contain. That it just like comes out. You you just can't help but move. <laughs> you just gotta move. Yes, to, I agree. When Rosalita, it, it gets it, it still. It gets in your soul. It is. I try to just, stand. Yeah, but it I just, try to stand with my arms folded, but I don't last fifteen seconds. No, yeah, but <laughs> next thing you know, you're shaking. Uh, you know. And angering people with beards. Yeah, you're just... <laughs> um, so, yeah. Shaking it like there's no tomorrow. Full of life, jubilant. Um, I love how the song builds initially. You know, you got the guitar intro. You know, the Bam, organ bam, comes bam. in. Yeah. Piano, sax, bass, drums. It, it builds like a like a ladder, you know. Yeah, it does, and then it, but it all kind of crashes in the like, yes, yes. Um, yeah, that that opening riff, it sounds like almost clean, but it's like it's like almost going too fast that it it's, can't keep up. But it, it's like it's, it's like it's like almost sloppy, but it's just like barely hanging yes. on. It's like and it's like it's like an iconic riff now. And um, I love the way it's not very round. It's not round. No, and it's so it's like it's like right. It's like it's like a player is playing it, and it's like he's. It's almost like the guitarist is rushing. The way the way it's structured, it sounds like it it sounds like they're rushing. Like like if you're if you were practicing with them, you'd be like, stop. You know, you have to stop and say, hey, so like you're you're Ah, yeah, you're rushing. You're rushing it. You're rushing it. But it's (laughs) not. But it fits in. And then I love. and then You're we're, Neil yeah, Burt. You're rushing it. <laughs> Full circle. Neil Burt making his second. Well, Neil Burt. <laughs> second, second in the history. Have we ever mentioned Neil Burt um, in the history of this of this podcast before today? I, don't, I doubt it. Um, I doubt it. Possibly. But I you know don't. what I like about Rush? I like about well, um, I really like moving pictures. Um, but the other thing I like about Rush that's not about their music is um, that. You know, my my first name is Alex. My middle name is Lee. You got Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee. So combine those, you got Alex Lee. It's a shame that it's not Neil Rice. Neil Rice. Yeah, because then it'd be you got an Alex, you got a Lee, and you got. Oh, Rice. I see. It's a Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. That's, um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. So and but then I love. Um, as I was listening closely, like the way uh, 
that riff, like, it carries, like, when it carries through the whole first verse. And, like, after everything comes crashing in, it still is, like, in the back. Now it's, like, in the back driving the song. But it's right, just, like... Right. Um, yeah. You know what this is for Clarence, I think? It's a classic Clarence companion song. This is one of the greatest Clarence songs. Because he's, he's yeah. just all over. He, whether he's, he's got his solo, he's got... Uh, he's accentuating Bruce's lines. Yeah, he's, he's just right he's, there. You know, it's it, it reminds me. It's not on this album, but it reminds me of the Born to Run album cover because they're just right side by side the whole time when they're, you know, I can just picture that when I listen to it. Yeah. Um. And so, like, it's like there's so much going on, like, um, that I, I you know, I, I certain little. It's like I never. Rosalita is such a. Uh, a viscerally exciting song that it kind of defies analysis for me normally when I listen to it. I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, who cares what how they're doing it? It's like this is just it just it just makes you feel like it's you know just yeah you know like all all the things Jake was saying are rebellious and uh, wild and it just and, and it moves you and and the joy and the the uh, cockiness and the, uh, you know, all all these uh, um, emotions and and thoughts, but like it 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 evokes them. But then, like as I break it down, it's like certain things get like you notice you know the guitar riff, you notice Clarence a lot, you know his his work and how varied and you know in the different sections and. But I think what really gets lost is uh, David David Sand. You could really forget lose David Sanchez's piano throughout, which is sure. in incredible, incredible uh, piano work in this song. And and like like we normally do with drumming, I, we're not going to be able to give good <laughs> piano in that. We're just we gonna also need a pianist on the show. Yeah, so, so um, you know, Dave, so David Sanchez, well, as, as we say, um, uh, drumming, drum, Drumming is like a wheel, and of course, playing piano is like gardening. So, uh, David Sanchez is really tilling the soil here. Yes, that, that's, that's as detailed as you can go. But that really says it all, right? Yeah, yeah, tilling the soil. <laughs> Pulling the weeds. Pulling the weeds out. Laying the seeds. Pulling the weeds, laying, laying the seeds. Laying the seeds. <laughs> yeah. And not... And we ain't talking live seventy five eighty five. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, um, I was going through all of my Bruce books, looking for you know interesting facts and stuff. Um, yeah. And I feel like I came upon the mother of all, like not not facts really, but just Bruce quotes. And it came from a, a book without an index. I had to I had to like search through the book just looking for the word Rosalita. Mm-hmm. Not quite. I just went to this chapter that was called The Wild, The Innocent, and The East Reshuffle. Sure. Um, but this is from Born to Run. Um, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to uh, ask Jake about, when I was, uh, I was going through his book earlier, I wanted to ask him about who makes the index. But then I looked, and his book doesn't have an index either. Damn I would like to know that. Who makes the index, right? Editors? I guess, but how, and how do they decide? Because... 
how do they decide what, what's worthy of, because you can't just catalog everything, every proper noun, every concept, but how do they decide this, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's a, I think there's a standard. You know what also I love about indexes? It is indices? Indexes? Indices? Indices. 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 Yes, as a map. Indio? Indio. Indio, California. <laughs> Indio is the, is the proper plural. Uh, I also, uh, I love in, I think in at least one of my Bruce books, I'm sure it's in others, but you know, like they'll, you know, you go to the S's and then it goes Springsteen Bruce. And then it, it's like, it takes up like three pages of just the same stuff. It's like Springsteen Bruce, you know, and it's got the sub, sub column on Nebraska. Here's all the pages where Nebraska by Springsteen Bruce is mentioned. You know, like it's got everything, yeah, right, right, right. everything yeah, yeah. Bruce related. Um, I love those unnecessary uh, I love the unnecessary catalog. catalog of it's, it's like a, it's like a sub a sub catalog. No, but you've already got Nebraska. You've got you go to the ends for Nebraska. You don't go to the S's and then the ends within the S's for oh. Nebraska. Is this in a Bruce Springsteen book? In a Springsteen book? Oh, yes. I was thinking like another <laughs> book that mentioned Springsteen and then it. It's all... basically the whole index within the index. It's a the index. You get the index twice. Let's see. Does... Under the S's. Bruce, the Peter Ames Carlin book doesn't do that, does yes. it? Uh, oh, I don't know if it does that, but it has an index. Oh, no, it definitely has an index. I judge books by if they have an index or not. <laughs> you, uh, that's what you look I've for on the, Amazon, my life. on the Amazon. I've made two on the Amazon specs. It's like index. Does it have One an star. index? One star by Alex Rice. Great book, thrilling read, no index, one star. <laughs> um... There is, oh yeah, Bruce, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> does, it, does it list everything else that's in the index under Springsteen? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> everything, but yeah, it has Bruce Frederick in Springsteen. Acoustic guitar purchased by, Alice Springsteen's relationship with, appearance of, Appel's contract with, Appel's lawsuit with, Appel's meetings with, in audition with Hammond, baseball loved by. <laughs> baseball loved by. <laughs> That's great. And it goes like Birth for three of. pages. What? Birth of. Birth of. <laughs> I love those. Baseball loved by. That's that is a great one. Baseball loved by. Uh, books get and they get automatic five stars if they do that. <laughs> if they list the index. Oh, twice. if they over index. If they over index. Always err on the side of over index. Oh yeah, no yeah yeah. If you're concerned at all about your Amazon rating. <laughs> you get um, born to run one star. You get Bruce's right, auto yeah. by. Right. I love Bruce. <laughs> He's my favorite musician, one of my favorite people of all time. His I stories are incredible. His writing is perfect. His prose, it's everything any Bruce fan could ever want. No index. One star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, uh, so here's, here's what Bruce says about Rosalita uh, in, in Born to Run. Rosalita was my musical autobiography. It was my getting out of town preview for Born to Run with more humor. As a teenager, I had had a girlfriend whose mother had threatened to get a court injunction against me to keep me away from her daughter due to my low rent beginnings and defiant for my little town appearance. 
The daughter was a sweet blonde who I believe was the first gal I had successful intercourse with one fumbling afternoon at Shea Mama. <laughs> Dirty Bruce. Dirty Bruce. Though, due to the fog of war, I can't be absolutely sure. <laughs> is it, is in, that, in that index, is there That's Springsteen, Frederick Bruce, Shea Mama? <laughs> there would be if, if, if Born to Run had an index. Born, I know. Shea Mama... Shea Mama of um, uh, losing the losing losing the virginity of at Shea Mama at Shea Mama. <laughs> uh, um, I wrote Lisa Rosalita as a kiss off to everybody who counted you out, put you down, or decided you weren't good enough. It was a tall tale from my past that also celebrated my present. The record company Rosie just gave me a big advance and took a peek into my future. Someday we'll look back on this and it will all seem funny. Not that it would all be funny, but that it would seem funny. Probably one of the most useful lines I've ever written. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that comes comes through in his, his autobiography is at times hilarious. So, and we know right. um, that he also, but he also talks about, you know, his his personals. He delves deeply into his personal struggles, yet the book is still full of humor. So, in that sense, he's right. And also, you know, Bruce talks about, um, he talks about, I think in Born to Re yeah, he talks about how it's, you know, there's an illusion factor. You know, he presents this one side of Bruce Springsteen, the, the hero, the big rock star image. That's like the thesis of the, that's like the thesis of his book and almost. pulling back yeah. the curtain, right? Right, right. Pulling back the curtain. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, uh, right. So book is pulling. The the tall tale. What he said. He said it, it's kind of a tall tale of his of his past, which is kind of Bruce's catalog in a nutshell, right? A tall yeah, tale. and right. It, yeah, yeah. It, and Rosalita is like a very is like is like one of the formative songs in building that uh, led that this uh, yes. archetype or whatever. Right. Um, I like that. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I did. Well, I mentioned that like the humor, the humor that that just also of of the song, just so many What's great lines. What's the funniest lines. line? Do you think? I don't know, but there's it's like they're not like gut busters, but they're just so. Um, they're not baseball loved by. <laughs> but they're just. I want to know about that baseball. What baseball are they talking about? That just he, that I, he just loved. They just oh, talk the, about, oh, I thought it was a physical bit, but he loved the sport of baseball. He just loved the sport of baseball, yes. <laughs> I thought it was like a signed Yankees ball or something. Just, it's, he would it's, love that baseball. It's the, um, I think it's, it's just the, uh, it's, not, it's not like the song is full of jokes, but it's just the, um, it's, just the it's just the way, it's just the way he, he says, it's like the, um, the, the style of talking that, that this character has. Yeah. It, it's like just this very, like, uh, kind of uh, just, like, humorous cadence and, like, kind of crude but, like, casual, kind of smooth. But uh, I don't know. Just, like, you know, saying, like, you know, Papa lowered the boom, locked you in your room, uh -huh. um, you know, or... Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I am having trouble describing it, but the, it's like a casualness or something, or just a bit. Yeah, yeah, that, I know uh, what you mean. That, it, that, that just, uh, uh, 
resin. It just adds to the um, the overall like uh, just feel of the song that it, of just this uh, it's like just the good feelings of this song. I think the cockiness that Jake yeah, was talking about is part of that yeah. too. Yeah, it's definitely like a cocky guy, like a, like a funny cocky guy. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like this guy has a lot of one-liners, you know, and yes. when he talks, like, he just, <laughs> but just, like, naturally, like, he's not trying, but he doesn't, he's very, he's very smooth, like, he, he's not trying hard, you know? Right. He's just a... He's a smooth, he's like a smooth-talking cabbie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe. Um, he's, he's a smooth-talker, <laughs> for sure, though. You know, he's talking, like, like, he has the power to liberate, to confiscate. You know, I want to liberate you, confiscate you. I yeah, want to be but he's saying, but he's saying like totally tongue in cheek. Right, right. Yeah, right. But, um, but it's, but it is earnest. It's like earnest and tongue in cheek. At the, you know. Sure. He, yeah. He, it's. It's like it's like he's he's trying. He he wants. It's to, a self aware confidence. Yeah, yeah. Like he said, yeah. It's like he wants to. Uh, he wants to come. Rosie, I'm coming on strong. He wants to. He wants to he wants to make his pitch, but he also doesn't want to uh, seem like he's he's lost his cool in the meantime. Right. Um, I like windows are for cheaters, chimneys for the poor. I love that. Closets I love for that hangers, section. winners ease the door. So use a rosy. That's what it's there for. That's probably my favorite line. That's just. Oh yeah, that's my that's favorite. Just, that's a great section. I, I think I still think my favorite line is "My machine, she's a dud, all stuck in the mud somewhere in the swamps of Jersey." It just rolls <laughs> off. It just swamps of Jersey. Yeah. And yeah, just the way the way I just love it because it comes right on the heels of um, the at the after the crescendo of the song. Well, you know. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, so after, right after the, uh, so now that we do the episode, um, yeah, yeah, so, right, right, after, because the, the record company, Rosie, just gave me a big advance, um, that, and that, that whole section is like the, um, is like the, uh, entire inspiration for, uh, Craig Finn's vocal style, but, and then uh, it did create Craig Finn. And my tires, and then he goes, my tires were slashed. I almost crashed, but the Lord had mercy. And my sheen, she's a duh, stuck in the mud somewhere in the swamps of Jersey. It's just like it comes back. Um, it's it like it like picks up and but then it just comes back and it's just like right back in the swing and like really it's just at this at this point I feel like I'm just it the song has blown you away. Right, <laughs> um, but I like, but I really love your just your, your section. Um, the windows are for cheat. I wonder if I wonder if Bruce like got that um, that this is for this. This is like I wonder if if there's like a old song that was like an inspiration for that that kind of lyric. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. as we know, um, so again, hold steady. Um, twice in like under a minute um right but uh like craig right right i oh that that one i always associate the um this this line and rosalita with uh um 
you know, uh, silly rabbit, like, trick. <laughs> Tricks are for teenagers. Or, or, hard drugs are or, for bartenders. And no, uh, tripping is for teenagers, and hard drugs are for bartenders or whatever. And something's for the bartender's friends. I think I might have mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know why I can't remember that line. I know, um, but and and the funny thing, did you watch? And uh, the, did you ever watch that video that you never watched since we're doing Rosalita this week? The video? Did I ever watch the video that I never watched? Which video is that? The, 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 uh... Oh, the, no, I still haven't seen that. The Craig Finn with, Craig what Finn a with Bruce. That is, that is a dope, because that was, this week was a perfect... <laughs> that is a dope. <laughs> you, that is a dope move, because, uh... Um... <laughs> That's that's a move of somebody who would create a group called Dope Fiend, um, <laughs> but that's super. So, well, surely I'm surely I'm not the only person listening to this that hasn't seen. It. So no, what, no, no, what's yeah. so great about it? Um, well, for me, uh, being just because it's Craig and Bruce on stage together, but and then like a right. bunch of other people that played in that concert, but. Um, that like tribute to Bruce concert at Lincoln Hall. Um, I can't believe I haven't seen this because it's like the perfect song for Craig to see him sing. Oh it yeah, it's great. Well, so actually, I'm sorry. Actually, Craig only does the first verse. It's like each oh. they all do different verses, but then but then Craig comes back in like at the like everybody or does Craig do the yeah Craig does the first verse, and I can't remember who else is in this. I should have watched it again this week. So I I'm a dope as well, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so there's this, there's this whole hootenanny of of musicians of that have been doing like this whole tribute show, doing covers of Springsteen songs the whole night, and they all come out right. to do Rosalita at the end, and at the end Bruce comes out with them, and they play, right. and uh, they're all singing, and then um, but at the end, yeah, at uh, like I think Craig does the first verse, but then at the end, um, Bruce and Craig sing are singing together, and so you know for me that was just like oh you know just. Uh, yeah. Just like a, a fan, you know. I was like you, you know, just like a total fanboy moment of just right. Just like incredible, uh, just like your two two of your favorite things coming together. Um, right. And, and so, uh, but I think they do the and they do the him and Bruce do the and your papa says he knows that you don't have any money uh, <laughs> together. Interchange, nice. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, incredible. I gotta, I gotta watch that. And it, I think it's, like, uh, shot on, like, a hand cam. So it's, like, kind of rough. But it kind of adds <laughs> to the, it kind of adds to the charm of the whole thing. Right. Um, Not a very round videography performance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, look that up. Uh, even if you're not a Hold Steady fan, because it's a great video. Um. Yeah, it's Bruce doing Rosalita. <laughs> right. Whole study's a bonus. Right. Uh, the line, the, the whole study line, so this is from uh, Cattle and the Creeping Things from Separation Sunday. Uh, I'll read the whole. You in the corner with a good-looking drifter, two cups of coffee and ten packs of sugar. I heard Gideon saw you in Denver. He said you're he contagious. Said you're contagious. <laughs> Silly I rabbit. I heard Seth saw you in Denver. Um Silly rabbit, tripping is for teenagers. Murder is for murderers, murder and hard drugs are for bartenders. 
I think I might have mentioned that before. Yeah. Murder is for murderers. That was the, the <laughs> murder is for murderers. <laughs> <laughs> but that so it's also it's also a line on um, almost killed me. I think. Which song? Oh, is it really? Because well, he says, I, might, I think I might have mentioned that before. That's usually a tip that it was. That, it's a tip. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to remember which song. But uh, anyway. Um, so uh, let's see. So you mentioned the, the advance, the advance line. What do yeah. you think his advance was? What's your guess? I looked it up. Well, his Columbia advance. Yeah, he told the advance he's referring to. Was it like ten thousand dollars or something? Sixty-five thousand. Oh, oh shit! No way off. <laughs> and uh, he bought a motorcycle and he bought a guitar. Oh and damn! Okay. Nice. Because I, I was gonna say, I almost said like I was like I thought I was it was like twenty or I was like it was I thought it was like twenty or thirty thousand. I was like, no, maybe not that much. But yeah, it was way more than that. <laughs> it talked about it talked about in the book I was reading. Uh, that it didn't change his lifestyle that much. The sixty-five thousand. Okay, you got the guitar, the motorcycle, and then, and then but then he I had to put the rest of it rest. in the in the recording or in the. I think he had to pay Mad Dog the rest. Yeah, <laughs> he just used the rest of it to bail Mad Dog, bail keep bailing <laughs> Mad Dog out of jail. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, another thing I think we should talk about, we should mention, is that you know it's kind of the. Um, I don't know, do we want to say Proto, Thunder Road, Prove It All Night? It's got kind of the same thematic, like, come away with me, you know? Yeah, it's the, escape, it's the early escape well, song in Born yeah. to Run, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I like that about it. You can kind of see how Bruce grows as a musician and, uh, you know, the, the roads he takes um, through his escape songs. I do like, yeah, I like the Thunder Road analogy a little bit um, because they're very different songs but um, with similar themes, but, like, they're very different musically overall, yep. but they also have this kind of just, like, um, so Thunder Road doesn't have a chorus, and Rosalita does have a chorus, but besides from, but aside from the chorus, it has this kind of, like, very loose like winding structure it just is like it's yeah it goes it goes from like one kind of section to another kind of section you know slower and faster and uh you know slightly different rhythm you know and off rhythms and you know more sax and just you know and no sax you know and no guitar here and two guitars you know and yeah so very free form yeah, very freeform song, except even though it does have a chorus, which makes you think it's like a... But it's not like a verse-chorus, verse-chorus song. Um, so, because it's like you... It's like, what would you call the bridge? Would you call it the, I know your mama, the slowdown part? I know your mama, or would you call it the... I think it was, this is his last chance to get his daughter in a fine romance. Right, but... That's what I would um, think of as the bridge. But it's but, not traditional. But like, um, but like, it has like, it has like this one structure, and then it slows down. Now I know your mama, she don't like me, and then that, and then that, and then, yeah, but that, and then even in that part, it changes because it 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 pivots real quick to that. Yeah. The Papa lowered the boom, bam, locked your yeah. in the room, bam. Yeah, I'm I love all the dynamic shifts. Yeah, it's, such it's a incredible. Song. It's, just it's all so over the place, like we said. It, it really, yeah. That's that's really the um that that really should be the uh, buzzword for this ep. 
for this song. It's dynamic. It's just one and of it's, but it's, it's just one of the most dynamic sense, songs. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, right, right. If it was if it was just like dynamic and all over the place, it, or it would it wouldn't be good. But because um, that but that's why that's why it's it's like almost unheard of to write a song that is just this has this much going yeah. on. It's just like it just seems like implausible. Right. It's, it's not like he just he took a bunch of like musical ideas or no, like, you know, it's this isn't Jesus of Suburbia or something. You know, it's like like but because this yeah. is we, it's a bunch not a of different sweet. Songs it's not a song. sweet. It's not a it's not sweet. Not a sweet, but it's just yeah. it's just cuz it's like every two lines it's somewhere different. But there different. are it's like incredible. different movements. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um By the way, certain songs Hard drugs are for bartenders. Right. Craig Finn says that in certain songs. From old right. Were correct. You you thought he mentioned that before. I you thought he sure. meant. I think I think he might have. <laughs> uh, so. Um, What's a stone desire? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of that's a that's a line I've never I've never like there's so it certainly many... introduced me to the phrase stone desire. Yeah, but I've heard it. No, I'm thinking of that's What's that song like that hair metal song? It's like a st- is it stone, stone desire? In... No. It's like a hair metal song and I could just be mishearing the lyrics, which is likely, but it's like stone in love. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> stoned? In, stoned? Stoned? Maybe in it's love? stone. Stone it? No, it's journey. It's journey. No, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's a journey song. How's Why it go? It? God, uh, it's like I trying to. I can't think of any any words. I'm now watching a live Stone in Love. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Seth going to YouTube watching Journey videos while oh doing my the God. podcast. Steve Perry looks like Fred Flintstone in this video. <laughs> he's like he's got he's got like long red hair and he's got like an orange shirt with like black like dots all all over it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's intentional or. Um, I don't, so, it's like, stone in love. Oh, yeah, can't help myself from falling. Stone in love. Wow. It's a catchy song, like, like they all are. Sounds catchy. Sounds like a hit. That's a regular closing time. It's a hit. It's a hit for sure. Um, Journey, as much as I don't like them at all, I can't, I cannot, <laughs> I can't deny they can that they knew how to write a hook. Totally. Um, uh, should we move on to give it a name? Oh yeah, we got it. Big gave it a name. Big gave it a name. Big gave it a name. All right, play us in. So he gave it a name. So he gave it a name. Okay, so gave it a name. You got one in the title, but Rosalita is far from the only character in this yes. song. 
She's the title character. She's the main subject. She's, but there's lots of ancillary characters. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, so I'm going to make sure I get this right. We have one, two, three, four, five. And then I think seven names. I think we have seven. Three, I don't think I'm missing five. any. We have, what do you have five new ones and then Jack and Billy. Okay. I think Who are so. They? So we, Jack and Billy are our only recurring, are our only um, returning names. Uh -huh. Other than that, we have Dynamite, Gun. Oh, right, right, right. Dynamite. Rosalita slash Rosie, Sue of Sloppy Sue fame, and Willie of Big Bones Willie fame. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Weak, Weak knees, knees Willie. Big Bones Billy. Right. Uh, uh, so, so, and that means Billy takes the lead from Mary. Billy pulls back ahead. I'm thinking right. of, I'm, how do you think of all these characters? How do you picture, like, all these characters when they show up? Like, I, do you think of, I think of, like, these, um, I think of, like, yeah, these, like, these, uh, um, like, kind of, somewhat miscast like uh like like not the jocks from dazed and confused but like the like the stoners or like the other kid not like the nerds but like the kind of uh the kind of uh uh just uh slacker slash like you know fringe like some of popular kids and with with their like they like to just kind of screw around or play music or dance or, you know, or whatever. And uh, I see, like, these like these kids would be... These are, like, the kids that would, in the 70s, would hang out in, like, arcades or whatever, play pinball, right. and, and, and give each other stupid nicknames all the time. And, you know, that sounds and, about right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how... That's how I that's how I picture this, uh, this crew. That's what I picture this crew as. Like, uh, like Miami Steve... Like, yeah, <laughs> nicknames like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like Bruce and his crew, except in, but like not, but before they're in, but before they're big, uh, but before they're the E Street Band, maybe. Right. So when they're sitting around playing Monopoly, that's what the, it's calling back to. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they call the big guy Tiny. Yeah. Um, Lord knows how like Weak Knees Willie got his name. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh yeah big right big is as is, is big bones big bones billy's probably the big guy in the group unless it's an ironic name you know i'm, I'm thinking he's little you think he's little uh yeah um you know sloppy sue she's a real uh <laughs> she's she's like a she's like a um, yeah she's she's kind of a, uh, like a one of the guys she's like she like she's yeah she she's she's like she's like the the uh, um I don't know I don't know what sloppy Sue is I, but I, yeah I feel like yeah she's I think kind of a tomboy yeah, kind of a tomboy yeah I think yeah. so yeah. Um, 
Now, Dynamite and Gun. Sell me on Dynamite and Gun. I agreed earlier, but sell me on them being included. All right. So you pick up little Dynamite. I'm gonna pick up little Gun. It sounds like they're gonna they're going to gather weapons, right? But um, or right. um, you know, uh, but and we're gonna go out tonight and make that highway run. They're going out for driving. I'm not denying their people, but do we have enough about their? Is, is that what they go by? Like, can we? Yeah, Give these are that name. distinct. And they come back again. Dynamite's in the belt. After they go out and make the highway run, Dynamite's in the belfry playing with the bats and little guns downtown from Woolworth trying his attitude out on all those cats. And I don't know if that so means even though he's... We'll, we'll never know their actual name, but that's okay. We'll just identify them as little gun, gun and dynamite. Yeah, we don't know. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. We've got... We, we've got Catlong... Kitty. We got Catlong. You're okay. Um, we've got uh, <laughs> what's our most what's our what's our maybe most uh, ridiculous one? We had one. Remember we had one and then we got rid of it. What was that? I do remember that. Yeah, I don't. Know. Um. Oh, it was it was from Kitty's back too. It was Top Cat, I think. Oh, <laughs> we we didn't allow Top Cat. No, we had it, but then we decided. We almost, that was, yeah. But. Mary, some he calls him a top cat, but these are their names. You know, little gun is, okay. is down in front of in front of Woolworths, trying out his attitude on all the cats. What do you think that look like? Does, on all the top cats. Yeah, is he is he trying to? Is he uh, is he like? I don't know what he's doing. Is he trying to get in with, like, who hangs out in front of Woolworths? Like, I thought maybe he was hitting on girls, but um. Now, I, yeah, I don't, but trying to, attitude on was all those cats, I think, like, he's, like, trying to, you think he's trying to look in the score? Right, yeah. Is that, is that a department store? Was yeah, it? I think so. Yeah, okay. It's a little before my time, but I've heard it. I've heard of it. I'm trying to think, is Wild and the Innocent the only album where uh, Bruce says the word cat? He says it multiple times. <laughs> yeah. The... Uh, Woolworths, it says here it's a grocery store. No, retail, a grocery store. retail company. It's a five and dime. What's a five and dime? <laughs> you know, a five and dime. Oh, sure. Um, another, another name from a bygone era. Right. A ver otherwise, Our equivalents would know what a five yeah, and dime Yeah, it's like a, it's like a dollar store, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I don't know, so, yeah, maybe it is, um, these are, uh, kind of, uh, street, street toughs or whatever, they hang out in front of the Woolworths. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so. Now, uh, so, how many names we got? So, seven, sorry. Oh, how many total? Yeah. We are, we're up to 62. 62, wow. 62. Soixante-deux! Soixante-deux! I remember when, uh, when Mark McGuire hit his 62nd home run, I was asking my fourth grade friend, because like, I think he like, took French class or something, uh, must have been the year before I took it, and, and I was like, how do you say 62 in French? And he was like, soixante-deux! Soixante-deux! I was trying to, trying to be Jack Buck in French. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was... Jack the, the Rabbit Buck. That Jack the Rabbit, but that was um, 
That was the yeah the French. Is Jacques Jacques Book. Jacques Book. Jacques Book. <laughs> um, yeah, the Jacques Book was the uh, that was the um, the the for the because you know it was on all the national radio. That was the oh, the, sure. French, he was the, the French. He was the Quebec. He was the Quebec. Yeah. Uh, the Quebec radio station doing the game. <laughs> right. Then the. <laughs> Speaking of the Expos, speaking of the Expos, how can Vladimir Guerrero go in as an angel and not an Expo? Oh, He's that's going to the hall as an angel. Yeah, that's He's a shame. He's yeah. an Expo. Even if, even if he, even if he, I don't, even if he had as much time, as much or more time with the Angels, or. I think he did, but he's still an Expo. He was way more fun as an expo. Uh huh. Like the legend yeah, of the legend angels, of angels. He was like overpaid and. No, he was great with the angels. He won the MVP. But but oh, yeah, yeah. But towards the end, of angel he became a DH. Whereas like maybe I was just thinking pools. Whereas ex, whereas with the expos, he was this free wheel and right field. He was with like like throwing people out, like you know, like making insane throws, you know, the third mm-hmm. base and. Uh, like hitting home runs off off the off the the uh, the ring and the uh, at Olympic Stadium right. or whatever, right? Yeah, that was. He's an expo. He's an expo. Um, he actually did play. He played eight seasons with the Expos and six with the Angels. Angels. So. I mean, he had a great Angels career. His Angels career, without his Angels career, he obviously doesn't make it to the Hall of Fame, but. Uh, but yeah, Expos. Can you name the other two um, teams he played for? The Orioles, and um, yeah, I know it. And the Rangers. Correct. Rangers, 2010. Orioles, 11. Yeah, retired. He had he had a good year with the Rangers, actually. Kind oh, of like he? yeah, it's like his last. That was like Vlad's last stand, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Then, and then he got a contract with the Orioles. Didn't work out as well. He was okay, but yeah, and then retired, I think, or something like yeah. that. Um, one of the now, one uh, of the one of the maybe the most fun baseball player of my lifetime, though. Really, loved Vlad. Like uh, outside, he he was my favorite non-Rocky for a, a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. Or Yankee, I, I, you know, I had my dalliance with the Yankees too, so I had some Yankees players that were, you know, I, I was a big Bernie Williams fan, but, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, no, Vlad was the man. Vlad was awesome, and just like, he, he, and he, it's because he, he was like unconventional too. Uh huh. He, he didn't wear batting gloves. He like swung at pitches you shouldn't, that's, that's but swing. still hit him. Yeah. yeah, and like he right. had, a, yeah, he had an awesome. He had an awesome, just like violent swing, and, but he right. was, it was so good. It was like so fast and hard, and just yeah. and he was fat. Yeah, he was. It was. He was like fun to watch him run when he was young and and throw and yeah, robbing home runs and throwing guys out at home and, and wearing and wearing that great Expos uniform with with the blue glove. Oh, with the oh, did he have a blue glove? Yeah, he had a blue glove. Mm. That was great. He's an expo, uh, but he, so he's the first angel. He's the first person to go in as an angel. Really? Yeah. Maybe that's why. Maybe that that pushed it over the top. They needed it. Yeah. I guess that. Yeah, I guess. That's crazy. They've had. 
Well, I think, well, and then they'll get their second when uh, Pujols goes in as an angel, of course. Right, of course. He, <laughs> now, now, there's an angel. There's an angel. <laughs> um, now, he's coming up on almost as much time with the angels as he had with the Cardinals. No. Um, when did he? Oh, 2001. Yeah, okay. So he's there 11 years. You're right. It's only been, this will be his eighth year? Seventh. Has it been yeah. seven with the Angels? He left after he left after they won the World Series. So 2012 was his first year. So 2018 would be his seventh. Yeah. No, they won. They won the World Series without him. No, did did they? Yeah. I thought he. I thought he left after they won. Um, I don't think so. I think he left the year before they won. Oh. But, um. Yeah. Uh. No. You're right. He did. He left. 2011 was his last year with the Cardinals. With the Cardinals, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. He was on that World Series team. I should remember that. <laughs> um, that was a great World Series. So I that should remember. I should remember that Pools played in it. Um. <laughs> um now, um, do we have anything else? So we gave. Yeah, that's it for Gabe. Oh, Billy. Billy surges back into the lead. <laughs> We're still on gave it a name somehow. Uh, <laughs> with eight. With eight. And Mary's at seven. And uh, what are the others at? Like two? All the other repeats? Jack Jack broke the ties of, of threes. Jack pushed himself. Oh. Jack M is now up to four. Oh, because everyone else was like, it was like Billy and Mary, then a bunch of threes. Now he's yeah. a four. Yeah, now he's oh, a four. Okay. We, have our, we, have our, we have a four, finally. Nice. Our okay. third four. Jack M? Jack M. Off. Off. <laughs> uh, anything else, or should we do the ranking? Um. Yeah, we let's we could do the ranking. Seth, you know the ranking. Ain't a one-way street Thunder Road mentions two lanes And I know where you'll probably put that next week You wanna rank it real low Like Under gave it a name But you can't have a podcast with one guy So I guess let's collaborate Take them as they come Ranks highly in my poll so do roll of the dice and lion's den I'll reveal it on the show Reveal it on the show My list, this, this, the list, this, this Will not let you down My, My list, this, this, the list, this, this Will not let you down You want a meeting over backstreet I guess I should wear the pants and you think the best song on Tunnel of Love is fucking walk like a man. I'll scour all of Google for a song worse than Sad Eyes. And while I do that, I'll find a better list from some random guy. I love Maria's bed because I can't hear sound. The one thing we have in common is keeping Big Muddy down. Keeping Big Muddy down. 
My list, 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 list will not let you down. My list, 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 list will not let you down. My list, 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 list will not let you down. My list, 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 list will not let you down. Okay, time for the ranking. Uh, on three? Yeah. This should be a good discussion. Uh, three, or one, two, <laughs> three, this hard land. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a chasm. That's a chasm. You're an idiot. Well, that's a, <laughs> you like this better than New York City Serenade? I thought about it, but yeah. Fish lady, fish lady, fish lady. Fish lady. Oh, it's a great song. They're 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 neck. They're like three and four on our. They're like neck and neck, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I like Rosalita a little better. Yeah, I put it between this hard land and the East Street Shuffle. Very that's, high on a ranking. That's terrible. This is an iconic <laughs> song. This is that's ridiculous. Sell me like you sold me on Little Gun and Little Dynamite. <laughs> um, we just talked about. We just talked about. It's like, it's it's a preposterously dynamic song. It like shouldn't work, yet it does. And it's icon. It's an icon. It's an iconic song. It's it's like. It, it's like it's not anything. It's not as. It's maybe not as like profound or cinematic, but it's like perfect at what it does, and it's um, and it's completely uh, irreparable. It, it, there's there's just like aren't very many songs like it at all, and it's just and it um, and it's so full of life. Oh, you know one thing I didn't mention. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw this out there. Another thing I love about this is on the album is the ending of Incident on 50th yeah, Street yeah. into Rosalita. That's great. But yeah, love that. That, love that piano and then the guitar. Yeah. Right. That's, what, that's, the great, that's the single greatest transition in any Bruce album between songs. That's a great one. And maybe ever. Yeah, it's, it's per... Uh, I don't know, I'm more... I'm more of a uh, real man pony boy kind of guy. Real man pony boy is a good one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, better than prove it all night. So what? Better than prove it all night. Yeah. Better than my hometown. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I knew you too. <laughs> better than uh, long walk home. You got yep. a big heart on for long walk home. I do, but come on, this is, that Long Walk, Long Walk Home is the great, is like, my, the best of New Bruce, but this is a classic, from the, from the, it's, it's, on, on every, every list of great, of classic, like, any, if you, you can't tell the story of Bruce without Rosalita, it's, it's gotta, you have to, you have to include this song. Can we put it? Do we have to put it above New York City Serenade? I'll give you everything but that. 
Uh, That's still a net win for you. It is. Yeah. They're, they are kind of... Um, they're like... They're like two the opposite sides of of the coin, kind of, and they're they're they both are. they're both like great, and they both make they're both like they both uh uh just like perfectly uh represent this album, but like the diff the two like kind of different part in like two completely different ways you know yeah sure and yeah. um so it there so i think rosalita is a better song but i could say but they're also just so different that and like they're both great and totally different but i don't know i could see i could see i don't know make your case for new york city serenade okay uh it's um you know, I, I usually err towards dark and contemplative. Um, mm -hmm. It I so so it has that going it going for it, uh, and it's also this. While Rosalita is an epic, in a more traditional sense, New York City Serenade is like an understated epic. And it's like yeah, you know, it just like perfectly captures New York City. I think, especially in the seventies. You know, it's got that CD vibe to it. Um, yeah, but but Rosalita captures the Jersey boardwalks, you know? Right, right. But ultimately, I think the image that I get from New York City Serenade, the mental image, just you know, by putting myself in the world of the song, it's even more beautiful than the Rosalita youthful, exuberant one. I could see it. I could see more beauty, uh, whereas Rosalita. And beauty is, is really beauty's big for me. I, I could I could see the more beautiful argument, although you know I. But yeah, I I, just, I think the energy. Of, um, but I so he's like like the uh, the well. Rosalita has so many. New York City Serenade has has. I was gonna say like let's compare like the top moments in each song, and there's one like. New York City Serenade. It's obviously that that, the end. You know the he's singing, sing, right. and then singing. Boop yeah. boop boop. Cool. It's it's an all time great moment. Admittedly, and it probably, but Rosalita has so many like smaller ones. It has like the Papa says he knows that I don't have any money, and then it's got the yeah, Papa says he knows. Everybody claps their hands, and then everybody sing. And it's just um, it's just like the ultimate. It's the it's the Bruce Party song. You know the thing about. Rosalita Live is for me. I don't. I'm so bad at lyrics that Ro I have no chance on Rosalita. So I can't really sing along when he plays it. <laughs> yeah, I can sing like the chorus, but like the verses, I don't even try. Oh yeah, no, I, uh, I like. Yeah, I could see it. It's, it is hard. Um, even for someone who loves it as much as me, I still get, 
a uh, little tongue tied in certain yeah, parts. Yeah, no, no matter how many times I hear it, I was a. Uh, I, I was actually. I was sitting. <laughs> I was uh on the corner waiting for the bus, singing Rosalita, um, <laughs> like the other night, coming home from a basketball game, and I was, I was like, I was like staying outside someone's house, like there's a bus stop and something. I was like, I wonder if anyone could hear me, but I, just, I didn't care. I was just singing it uh, because there was no one else <laughs> at the bus stop, so I was like, I didn't feel self-conscious. Um, yeah, and I know. I still get, even though um, it's like one of my favorite songs, and I listen to it all the time. I, I still trip over some of the words occasionally. Yeah, but yeah, I do sing along with it at the concert. At the concert, though, it's it's one of, it's it's like that's the other thing. It's just one of my even even when you know it's coming. It's great life. Yeah, it's just it. Um, it's like I feel like every every Bruce show, you know, he, you know they they all do at Born to Run. I feel like the, I feel like Rosalita. I would never get sick of Rosalita. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Um, so, um, uh, I will give you New York City serenades. Since, right. uh, that's since you came, even though even though you picked an, a ridiculous spot, um, yeah, you had to go a lot I farther. I came much closer to wh- to where you were. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. So we're good? Yeah. Read us the ranking. All right. So after 108 weeks, still in first place. Backstreets. Ooh, it had a, it had a, it was, it was sweating a little. I thought it might yeah, have it a challenger. Like, yeah, I'm probably safe, but this could be the week. I don't know. Yeah. It I was hearing Seth gushing about this one. Yeah. Jake loved it. It hadn't had a challenger in a in a long time. It was yeah. like on uh, maybe Thunder Road. I guess was the last. Yeah, yeah. Backstreets was on like a. It was like on a win streak where it it had just been playing, just like total like uh, you know total cakewalks. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been number one cupcakes. for almost two years. Yeah, <laughs> it really. Like how many weeks was There's closing almost, time number one? <laughs> Probably like ten. And that's amazing, but Backstreet's number one for two years. It's almost almost the entire length duration of this podcast. <laughs> right. 90, over, over, right, what episode was it? 12. It was 12. I thought it was earlier than that. But, so okay. 96 weeks. Um, okay, so not... Yeah, so just about ninety percent of the pot of our show we've done since Backstreets. Right. So anyway, after one hundred and eight weeks, Backstreets reigns supreme, followed by Thunder Road, third New York City Serenade, fourth Rosalita, bumping down, born in the USA to fifth to round out our top five. Oh. That's a strong five. Yeah, yeah, strong five, strong five. Bruce plays that in concert. You're like, that's a nice those- five song run. That was a good five. That I don't know good, that you can do better. A good run of five, Bruce. Yeah. Um, I mentioned uh, I mentioned uh, closing time being number one. There's a pic. There's a picture of the Billboard chart in Jake's book. Yeah. You want to hear the top twenty at the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Well, we might as well just go for the record. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm, I'm, I'm filibustering to get us to the longest episode of the We're podcast. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Well, actually, Especially- actually I don't know. I, I realized that my, my timer, because we had, um, we took some, my timer isn't actually indicative of how long this episode is. But. We can always include Lizzie's segment. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so at 20, uh, or 25, a song I don't know. And appropriately, it's called What I Didn't Know by Anathema. Well, so this is what, what week? The, oh, sorry. I should, I should frame this. This is yeah. 1998. May 30th, 1998. Okay. That must, I think that's kind of like shelf in the room. <laughs> shelf in the room. In the room. <laughs> was that a hit? Oh, yeah. That was a hit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching the video. <laughs> yeah, when um, we when we watched it, when we looked it up. No, yeah, right. But um, what was what, their uh, what, what was, was their real called? head? What was their real I thought, head? I think Shelf in the Room was their real no, head. No, 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 no. Shelf in what the Room. What oh, Days of the New? Oh, Days. Oh, right. We that's right. We no, that reached that number was, three on on Billboard Modern Rock tracks. Okay, that was not the, the, that has. You're right. That probably is there. <laughs> oh, we're actually talking. This is the modern rock tracks. Oh, this is modern Billboard. rock. Yeah. Um, did it ever? Did, was closing time number one on the Hot 100? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no, modern rock. Hot but 100? Not, I don't know. Just the overall. What was its peak? Closing time. Reached. Number four on the adult top 40. Uh, eight on the mainstream top 40. Okay. And 11 on the Hot 100. So, not too shabby. That's not too shabby, not too shabby for... Shabby. Yeah, for... Uh, I mean, reaching number 11 on the Hot 100 charts is like... That's like being... Rock. That's at the same level as being a guest on Springsteen Song of the Week. I mean, I think he lists those two things now. Yeah. As his career highlights. Um, let's see. So, oh, sorry. so that was 23. 22, From Your Mouth by God Lives Underwater. I've heard of God Lives Underwater. I don't know the song From Your Mouth. <laughs> I want to hear it, though. I do. From Your Mouth? Number 21, Losing a Whole Year by Third Eye Blind. We know that one. We know that one. Is that the is that the best? That might be the best third eye blind song. Yeah, I think it. No, no, jumper. Come on, ju- the jumper, the solo. I like I like, I like losing. Uh, but yeah, but but jumper had. But like the other third eye blind songs sound like jumper, whereas using a whole year. You saying it's like their most unique? Maybe no. It's a Rosalita. Is it the Rosalita? <laughs> no. Uh, maybe I don't know. Or or what about uh. Can I graduate? Can I graduate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. Did you get the the requisite That's, credits? Did you get all your English credits? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. You. I don't, yeah. I'll have to check your. I'll have to check your, your transcript. How are your grades? Twenty <laughs> is uh, another great sing along. Uh, swallow my doubt. Turn it inside out, find nothing but faith in that. It must have been that must have been coming. That must have been out for a while because that was higher. Right, that, that had to yeah. be higher. That's a is that a Clear Mountain pause? It kind of goes acapella. The drums, oh, oh, kinda, everything oh, else. Oh, I don't know. If, I, 
I would swallow my doubt. Oh, it's like inside it's a pun. Nothing but nothing. nothing. Want to put it yeah, the, the, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's the instruments go out. Right, right. It's like it's like a key change, right? It's a key change and a crescendo, and then it's like, but it's like it's the same chorus. But faith right. ain't nothing. Want to put it together? Nineteen, great song, best one so far. My hero. By Foo Fighters. Okay, that also had to have been. Yeah, that's this is because that, like, that album came out in '97. So yeah, that's, that's that's probably been out for like a year at that point. Yeah, lose, uh, eighteen. My own prison by Creed. I don't know that song. My own prison by Creed. I'm it. It, it could have been. It could be any of them. I feel like. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> uh, Seventeen. Redundant by Green Day. Um, Ooh, now I, I was... cannot speak. I didn't know that was voice. it. I didn't know that was a single. Oh, I've I guess it was, it was on yeah. international super hits, but it I was, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't ever remember hearing it on the radio. Sixteen. How about this? It's not uh, "Ding Dong Daddy" the D car line, but it's "Zoo Suit Riot." Nice. By Cherry Pop and Daddies. Um, <laughs> Fifteen. Spark by Tori Amos. I don't know that song. Um, Fourteen. Real Tori World. Amos. That's a good song. Real World by Matchbox Twenty. By Bruce. That's the best Matchbox 20 song by far. Is it? Is it the real world? Would just stop my What about Tori? Sounds like sounds like a lot of other ones. Oh no, I just say that's good for her. Or I didn't realize. Or I guess she was popular, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. I, I, you know, you, because she has like indie cred, but I, she was yeah. popular too. Um. Oh, he, thirteen. Another Minneapolis one-hit wonder with well, at least a Minneapolis ties. I'm not. They're not from here. One of them was though. Uh, Marcy silent. Playground, Sex and Candy. Oh yeah. Um, a, they're named after the Marcy School, which is in Northeast Minneapolis. That's um, what the Marcy Playground is. Hang around, downtown by myself, and then but, uh, she was. <laughs> oh yeah, we. I'd have. I could have a good uh, man, down memory lane sing along to this top twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, for right. sure. These. This yeah, was, that's just a classic. Uh, these were the songs. Classic. These were the songs on my radio station as a kid on my <laughs> yeah, right. on KTCL for sure. Uh, Jump right in by the Urge at number twelve. I don't know that song. Don't know that. Eleven, great song. Flagpole Sitta, Harry Danger. That no, that, that is that is a legitimately good song. That's a great song. That is yeah. a great song. It, it's it's it like embraces its kind of goofiness and. I'm not sick, but I'm not well. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, it's just a great That's yeah, a great, great melody, great rhythm. Like, have you ever heard their song "Sad Sweetheart of the Rodeo"? It was on their next album. No. It was like the single from the next album. That's a great. That's a great song. Yeah. They, a one-hit wonder, but a, a, yeah. a good hit. Uh, number 10, the cover of Heroes by the Wallflowers. I think Jimmy Page was on that. And Puff Daddy, is that right? The cover of the, the Bowie Hero. song? Yeah, yeah, Heroes. Okay. Uh, number 9, I Will Buy Your New Life, Everclear. <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's a sing-along. I will buy you a new ball. <laughs> Oh man, we have had a we had a great parody about that about a lost football. Um, we'll spare you the details, as the offspring might say. Um, <laughs> Next up, the offspring. Where are the offspring? 
What what would their song have been ninety eight been? Ninety eight? Well, Americana came out in ninety eight. Maybe not yet though. Man, maybe not yet, yeah. So Although maybe, pretty five the first single could have been out, pretty five for a white guy. Yeah. All right. Or maybe like Gone Away is still hanging on. That's what I was saying. I was thinking after long, a year on the charts. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, maybe uh one of the other ones was still hanging on. Um by the way, whenever we go really long, we end up talking about like uh 90s and 2000s music. Number eight. Right. Number eight, Wishlist by Pearl Jam. That's a good song. Okay. Uh, number seven, Shimmer by Fuel. <laughs> all, all that shimmers in this world is sure to fade. Something like that. It's not, that's not the right melody. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, no, that is. Uh, how does okay. it? That's, um, but the, that's like the pre chorus. Or something. Is it too far qu- away for me, me to fall? To fall to away. I hadn't thought of that in years. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm glad you, because that was going to bother me, because I would not. Yeah, have, I, would, like, I, I couldn't think of it. You're just going to be singing fuel the rest of this episode <laughs> to yourself. Um, number six, I don't know this song, Ava Adore by the Smashing Pumpkins. You know that song? Um, yeah, yeah. Is it on Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness? I think, yeah. No, it's on, it it's on a be. door. It's on oh, a door. Oh, it's on a door. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, number five, Push It by Garbage. I don't think I know Push It. Yeah, I know Push It. How's I push remember it? that song. It's not Push It by Static X. And, and it's not Push It by, um, by Salt and Pepper. Right, either. it's not Push It Real Good. No, it's uh, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I know that one. Um... Yeah, it's like, I think that's the one. It's like, man, me, break me any way you need me. No, that's, um... Um, no, 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 that's... That's, that's not... No, no, you're right. That's, um... What's that's that a, song called? But Push It, um... I, I remember Push It, though, for sure. Garbage was... Garbage was... Garbage hasn't, uh... Nobody talks about garbage anymore, but they were a good band. I saw garbage a few years ago. Liz and I went to see garbage. Oh yeah, where, it was where we saw Ride, Mill City Nights. Um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, no, I, I really like I mean, uh, version two like, version two point That's a really good album. Yeah, right. They like they had a good run, but I feel like in legacy wise, they're underrated. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think uh, I'm paranoid. Is this is that bend me, break me? I think I'm paranoid. I think I'm paranoid. Okay, yeah, but yeah. then, but then push it. That's gonna. This is gonna bother. Because I remember, I can hear her. S- oh, that's on version 2.0. I must know it then. Yeah, no, it's the the words push it. Our feet are prominently. Uh, but I keep. Push it makes the beats go harder. Ah, push it. So how, no, yeah, it, it is like it is like the song, or makes the beat go harder, or something like that. Yes, yeah, no, I know that song. Okay, that's that one. Okay, yeah, yeah. glad we settled that. Okay, number so- four oh, is "Sorry That I Hurt You." Please don't ask me why. Push it. I want to see the beats you happy. go harder. Yeah, I want to okay. see you happy. Right, I know that song. I want to see you shine. Don't Drink the Water by Dave Matthews Band at number four. Oh, terrible don't, song. Even, I don't know that song. 
even like so i'm not a dave matthews fan <laughs> let's just put that right out there but even by his standards like of songs i tolerate that's one of the worst really how's it uh, go like don't drink the water there's blood <laughs> in the water i can't do the dave matthews voice but you do you know right yeah yeah like uh number three now here's here's a great song don't drink I bet you don't the water like it. Um, Goo Goo Dolls, Iris. Oh. How do you feel about Iris? Hate Iris. And I don't want the Iris. world to see me. That's a great um, song. I hate that song so much. Unimpeachable. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the, it is the stupidest song. Like Now, it, what's the best Goo Goo Dolls song? It's one of the most, it's, it's like the most... It's like the most manipulatively made song. It's like just <laughs> it's like it's like constructed in a lab to be all the thing like a, a hit but like just melodramatic sappy piece of shit that like a ridiculous <laughs> You know the AV club Man, I thought I thought you heard the it, AV, don't drink the water. They, you know the yeah yeah yeah. You know the the web, you know the website the AV club um and they yeah. have like a feature it's not very, it's usually kind of like, not very good because it just makes the person sound like negative, it makes like people you like sound negative and petty, but they have a thing called like hate song where someone talks about a song they hate, like they break it down. I might do Iris, <laughs> like a popular, like a song that just drives you crazy. Not necessarily the worst right. song ever, but like. I'd pick an Imagine Dragons song. Yeah, but see, like, that's just, ob like, obviously I hate every Imagine Dragons song, but, um, they're just, but I, Iris just bothers me so much, and just the, huh. you, the, and especially, like, how popular it is. Right. Um, how do you feel about Black Balloon by the Goo Goo Dolls? Baby's back balloon makes her fly, almost fell into that hole in your life. Don't know that one. Coming down, the world turned over. I remember Angels my brother. Fall without you oh yeah, yeah. I, I hate the Goo Goo Dolls. Let's just. <laughs> you do hate the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, I have but, a soft spot for the Goo Dolls. But Iris really, really gets me. Um, I remember my my brother in like eighth grade. I remember I was six years older than me in eighth grade. He went to huh? his. I remember his first big concert, like with just like him and a bunch of friends. They went yeah. to they went to a show at Red Rocks. They went to the to the Bush No Doubt Goo Goo Dolls show. <laughs> nice. Like the most the most nineties show you like that's like <laughs> as nineties of an experience as you can get. I, I got I got a nineties experience for you. And Jake talks about it in the book. Um, it's like because they it, their big their biggest tour they went on was a Matchbox Twenty tour. They opened okay. for them. Yeah. And uh, actually, he talks about the Red Rocks show. They didn't. Um, uh, it was. They didn't headline uh yeah. No, they didn't. No, yeah. They never had like a big head I, maybe they're, they're actually their third album I think. But yeah. Hmm. Not like Red Rocks or anything. But um it was Matchbox 20, Semisonic and Soul Asylum. Nice. <laughs> that was like the competing tour to uh No Doubt and Goo, Goo Dolls and who was it? <laughs> and uh Creed. Creed was or not Creed, I'm sorry, not Creed, Bush. Bush, right. Bush was the headliner <laughs> actually. Wow. Wow, interesting. Looking back, I, those other two bands, I think, eventually surpassed them in popularity by quite a bit. Definitely, but no the, doubt. Yeah, yeah, but at the time, Bush was the, was the biggest of the three. Yeah. 
Um, now, now number two is I said Iris is unimpeachable. That's this is unimpeachable. As is number one, closing time. Number two, the way fastball. <laughs> closing time and the way are the two best songs of that era, I think. Of this list. Two. Of this, like you know, like the modern, the radio rock songs of the nineties. Yeah, the you know, way I'm not including REM in there or anything. I don't like the. But I, I, I've, uh, I used to like the way, but you don't like the way. Eh, it, uh, it doesn't hold up. I, it's I, a great melody. It got me as a kid, yeah, because it's so catchy. I yeah. loved it as a kid. I remember it. It, yeah. it, it, it definitely caught my anytime it would come on. You know, big like family sing along in the car. Or whatever. Oh yeah. But like, uh, um. Yeah, it, it's okay. I don't know. I could do without the, you know, the stupid, like, uh, uh, you know, kind of corny-ass acoustic guitars and... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's all right. Now, and, in closing time, number one by Simi Sonic on May, May 30th, 1998. Um... Yeah, closing time of the way. Two of my favorite songs ever. Those are those are both great. I mean, ever. Yeah. The way anyone yeah. can see the road that they walk on is paved in paved gold. in gold. Yeah, so, absolutely. Whatever that song's actually about. It's about well, it's about what what uh, it's pretty literal. It's about a, it's a true it's actually a true story. It's about a uh, couple like running away from civilization, an old couple. Oh, all right. Yeah. They made up their mind. They and started they packing. Left yeah. <laughs> it's like a Bruce song. It's 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 like it's as if it's on Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. It's no flagpole sitter. That's a. Good... It's yeah yeah flagpole sitter's up there too. I love flagpole sitter. Um. Okay. Great karaoke song. It kills the karaoke. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's everybody, a song I always think of. Like, I gotta sing this at karaoke. But then everybody, I man, it. if you get it, save it for don't save it for uh, a packed karaoke night where people are like are into it and sing. And especially people our age or a little older yeah, yeah. or whatever. Right. A room full of people our age and you, you know, play flagpole sitta. I never. At least yeah, a room I should full go for of white nine, people. Late nineties rock. I should go for that at karaoke. Oh, it. It's very popular at karaoke. Yeah. It's always very popular. I just never think of it. I never. I mean, it depends on. the I demographic. always freeze when I do karaoke. I would, and I always just go back to said it again, which kills. But I should. Right. I want. I want to get more variety in my game. De- depending on depending on everybody. Just because of the era we're in, I think it hits every. I think the nineties are hitting everybody's nostalgia bone right just right right now. So yeah. like depending on where you're at karaoke, you you want to go for like yeah '90s like R&B or '90s radio rock. There's a right. kill. The kill. You, you have to read the room. It's it's usually one or the other. <laughs> but but uh, sometimes both. Some places both. But yeah. Sure. But reading the room is essential in karaoke. Right. Like like I did. I'd like to try this one a little more um, sober and before like. Everybody had left. I try. I did. Uh, I did. I I busted out of Destiny's Child. Like, oh, popular. 
it went over well, but the but it was, it was it was towards the tail end. The karaoke was kind of fading at this point. Yeah, and I was very drunk. What song? Uh, I think we did Survivor. Right? Was this at Travis's wedding? Was yes. this the night of Travis's wedding? Yes, this well, you were so you were drunk. Gone. I was you were, I was gone. Were, I was gone were, in multiple ways. Yeah, I think crew, um, me. I think Kroot did it with me. Oh man, I God, I wish I would have been a little more sober at that point of the night. <laughs> I wish I'd have been any sober at that point of the night. <laughs> yeah. Um. Should we do roll the dice? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have we made? Have we? Have we stalled enough? Now, I yeah. This is definitely the record. What uh? What what? what Sorry, was, this is your sword. May thirtieth. So what was uh? What was June? What was June sixth? Let's do that list. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. We should do that next week. <laughs> we should actually do it. Okay. Um. You got the okay. Uh, time for all the dice. Oh yeah. We have to. We have to. I'm gonna reach back a little. I'm gonna say, play us in, Vladimir Guerrero. <laughs> okay, time for the roll of the dice. We will see which song we get next week, and uh, we will try to get a member of a chart-topping chart uh, 90s rock band on the show to talk about it. Yeah, um, so, like... Like real man. Let's go for let's go for Harvey Danger. Harvey Danger, yeah. All right. Um, we ready? I actually the the singer is like a music writer now. Oh, it's Sean Nelson. Sean Nelson. Sean Nelson. He seems like a a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. He got the orange frizzy hair. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely a music critic. Yeah, that's funny. Um, Um. Okay, first roll. All right. Is a three, which puts us at uh, 121 to 180. What is that? (laughs) Oh, you're asking. Um, It's a... (laughs) Uh... Um, It's... Why am I? Uh, it's Ricky wants a man of her own. It's close. I want to be with you. Mary Lou. Mary Lou. Used to be mm-hmm. I want to be with yours. Ricky Mountain. One of those two songs used to be it. Yeah. Two. I got it. Human Touch. Close. Soul Driver. <laughs> I feel like it shifted. Anyway. But yeah, I did know it was Soul Driver. But I think it was Human Touch one time. Anyway. I think that, yeah, it sounds right. Alright. Uh, ready? Yep. Four brings us to 151 to 160. 151 is I'm going down. 
Oh, we're in the porn section. And uh, 160 is little girl. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> the, la the last one gets you sent to jail. <laughs> right. Uh, um. All right. Flip of the coin. Got my trusty nickel. It includes uh, such porn classics as Delivery Man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Fugitive's Dream. <laughs> yeah, how did we make that a porn again? Um, I forget. <laughs> all right, call it in the air. Heads. It's Tails. Tails will get us a Born in the USA outtake. Um, <laughs> one... One would be Don't Back Down. Two, Follow That Dream. Three, Fugitive's Dream, which is a... That's what we did that. Yeah, yes. that's a reset. Um, four, The Klansman. And five, Little Girl. And six, a reset. All right. <laughs> oh, yes, we said the Klansman. They, they got darker. They got uh, sketchier and sketchier. Like, they the, do. The Klansman and then Little Girl. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Moment of truth. Here we go. Uh. A one gets us delivery man. Oh. No, 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 sorry, sorry. Don't back down. Don't back down. Don't. Yeah, don't back. How's don't back down? Why isn't that in tracks? That's don't look back. This is don't back down. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. Oh, man. So. Uh, yeah, Born in the USA outtake, don't look, no, don't back down. That's our song next week. And baby, don't back down. Back, don't back down. Don't back, don't back. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much to our guest this week, Jake Slichter of Semisonic. Um, check them out if you don't, you know, if you don't, if you want some further listening other than closing time. Um, they got three great albums, uh, so you want to be a rock and roll star is his book, also a great read. Uh, his blog post about Bruce Drummers, he also talks about, uh, you know, he talks about Vinny on Rosalita, he talks about Boom Carter on Born to Run, and then uh, Max on Jungle Land about their contrasting styles. You got some of the Vinny Lopez, and you can see what he says about Boom Carter and Max Weinberg. Um, so check us out at uh, SoundCloud.com slash Springsteen Song of the Week, Facebook.com slash Springsteen Song of the Week, Twitter.com. You didn't say, like, where com. to get his blog. You just mentioned. Oh, I, I should say that. Um, Twitter.com slash Springsteen South. The, um, the website, portablephilosophy.com. Portablephilosophy.com is his blog. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll see you next week for not Don't Look Back, Don't Back Down. And thank you for listening to our Rosalita episode. Now I know your mama, she don't like me because I play.